Sony has a marvelous showcase. Little loud scary. There. Oh my gosh, that was so loud. <laughs> Why was that so loud? <laughs> because I accidentally had it turned all the way up. So, welcome everybody to <laughs> Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, as always, is Mr. Saul, Saul Bridges. Bridges. Bringing Sorry. you guys lucky you episode. I don't remember. Two, 228. <laughs> I was uh, my, my ears. <laughs> uh, and i'm also joined by chris figs hey what's up guys how you doing doing uh, well i suppose i'm gonna answer your question because brett did not <laughs> sorry I, you ever have like I, i'm really bad about not saving certain people's numbers on my phone not on purpose i just don't mm-hmm. and then i'll get messages and i'm like who could this be and <laughs> the, the message just says are you busy yeah <laughs> yeah sorry but yeah. Did I ever tell you about the most upsetting text message I ever got? No. I got a text of the information. that was just a picture of a crystal bowl filled with like, you know, the, can- you, the, you the did. chalk. You I did. did. It was the mo- I'm still uncomfortable about it because I don't. It felt like a threat. It was of threat. And I what never got it? a text back. It was like a <laughs> crystal bowl with like those chocolates that are like wrapped in foil. Right. And that's all the text was. And then I was like, who is this? No response. And I sent them back another text couple hours. I was like, please tell me who this is. <laughs> and they didn't respond again. And it's very uncomfortable. So what do you think the threat was, Chris? If you don't respond in the next four minutes, I will eat all of your grandmother's <laughs> candies. Maybe. Or I'll beat you with this crystal vase. Would you have know. been more worried if like, you couldn't quite put your finger on it, but you recognized that glass bowl? That was the problem is I've definitely seen that glass bowl before. Uh-oh. I've seen it. And then there was like those like, like pods in the back, like the storage pods. And this is very uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know what this means. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Make your intentions known. Well, <laughs> if you are new to the show, stick around where you can find out where you can watch and or listen to us. But we like to start this show off the right way. And it's a very simple way. Saul, starting with you this week, big buddy, what you been playing <sighs> this week? I haven't played a lot this week at all. So we'll get into something in a little bit in regards to the Sony showcase, PlayStation showcase. But um, I, well, involving the Tiny Tina's Wonderland, it yeah. made me kind of miss the fact that I haven't played Borderlands since Borderlands 2 on the 360. And I think I've said it on the show before, but I liked, I loved Borderlands so much to the point of, like, I played so much of it, I got really just kind of tired of it. Well, I decided to buy Borderlands 3 on sale it's six it's 20 bucks right now on a playstation store and i, I started that up yesterday <clears throat> but before that unless you count like the Yu-Gi-Oh dueling simulator and of course the <laughs> weekly um sea of thieves i haven't played a single video game mm. this week wow. so yeah i've been kind of just not really playing video games at all um me and my wife were talking about yesterday that i'm gonna restart my animal crossing world on on switch um, for fun, but like that's, I'll probably do that today. But I'll so probably play. How do more you go about doing that? Because uh, I know that they talked about there only being a single save. So what happens if you start a new world? It just washes your other save away. Yes, I guess so. Um, for me, like I'm not entirely too sure, but um, 
I, he, I, I, I just going to delete the save if there is one. I am not entirely worried about my world. And actually, as a matter of fact, I don't know if I transferred my save over for that world to begin with. Um, to your new switch. Yeah. So at that point, there may not even be a a world worth um, doing so or even (laughs) having. So, uh, well, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to say, I like playing these games around the fall time. That's when they're the most comfy, cozy to play. And (laughs) um, it's starting to get to that point where this might be a me thing. But for me, it's like you go out in the morning and it's a little chilly and you kind of feel that like you're like, yeah, this is it's getting to be fall. It's like a different kind of feeling. And that just might be me entirely. But Sweater weather, as yes, absolutely. We don't have much of that sweater weather around here because it's right as soon as you get used to that, and you're like, oh yeah, it's also like blazing hot at the end of the day. Yeah, true. But and then suddenly it's just cold. <laughs> so, I uh, you know. but you know that's that's I kind of have been lazy this week on a way. We've been watching a lot of movies, and um, I just I, I don't. I'm kind of in that little not funk, but just in that little mood of not really wanting to play video games at all. Um, or nothing's interesting me to play, I should say. Mm. So, Chris, so Saul, what can are, I ask oh, you ahead. something real quick? Sure. You, you talked last night about Malignant. Yes. Because somebody else happened to just say, watch Malignant and wait for the prison cell scene. Is yes, that the scene? It is. Okay. That is exactly what I was talking about last night. Yeah, you didn't specify, but I, since I, I haven't didn't seen want it, let's to. go. Let's just see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, if you have HBO Max, I highly recommend you watch Malignant. I will say that for the first, like, 40 minutes of that movie it is not great at all um Uh, did you watch it chris no i have not seen it yet so it 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 was it was to the point where me and my wife were like let's just literally fast forward to see the twist we didn't do that i'm really glad we didn't um it was like we were we were almost going to turn that movie off and then we made it to the twist or not the twist i I keep saying twist it's not a twist it's just the climax Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so worth it. Okay. Yeah. Weirder than it happens in movies, but Chris, I think Saul was uh, lobbing the question over to you to what you've been playing. I sure was. He was. Um, I've played a bunch of Fist, mm. um, Apex Legends, and Tales of Arise, baby. It's time. You have been blowing it up about Tales of Arise and how much you like it in comparison yeah. to your love of Berseria, which mm-hmm. seems to be dampened in results of playing Tales of Arise. Yeah. Which not to say it's a bad thing, but you know, mm. you realize how much better this is in comparison to what you thought of Berseria. Yeah. Well, realistically, I think a lot of it was Tales Tales of Berseria was one of the first like real JRPGs I played, I guess. It was like Persona 5 Royal and that. And then I just really liked the design of the main character. So yeah. I was like super in. But then this was just like everything has been better than that so far. So I'm like, okay, I guess I was wrong. I don't know what I'm <laughs> talking about. Yeah, well, because Basaria is the one that I said that I played maybe like an hour, maybe mm-hmm. two hours of. <laughs> and it just, it was one of those things where I felt like I was just like clawing my insides to keep myself pushing to play it because yeah. I was so bored. It, start, it starts slow for sure. And I think it gets better once everything happens um Mm -hmm. the inciting incident happens and everything starts but this one starts from the jump and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay this is definitely because i I go into it like well i've never played a jrpg before so i guess this boring stuff is normal i'll wait until (laughs) it gets fun 
Sadly, that's, like, that, that's hear, actually true. Yeah, because <laughs> people will be like, oh, Final Fantasy 13 is great. When you play for 40 hours, it becomes game of the year. Like, I guess that's what I have to do in these things. Final <laughs> Fantasy 13 at 40 hours in is still not game of the year. It's probably the best the game gets. Yeah. <laughs> but don't get that twisted. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad game, <clears throat> but it's also not great. So yeah. But yeah, Berseria is an interesting case because it kind of reminded me of my time with uh, a game that I know Saul also got, and I thought I was going to love it so much, and I think Saul actually did too. And initially, it, it actually did a better job than Berseria, um, but then it started waning pretty quickly, which was Star Ocean 5. Oh, yeah. Uh, Integrity, uh, Integrity and Faithlessness or whatever it was called. That game went from me being like so stoked on it, and actually the openings are pretty similar between Berseria and that, I feel like, yeah. um, at least to my memory. But I just dropped both of them. I played Star Ocean 5 probably five hours in comparison, Mm -hmm. and I just dropped it. I played Zestiria before Berseria, like, you know, when it first came out for maybe seven or eight hours and then dropped it. I don't know. I'm really, I'm wanting to get back to it, and you being so hyped on it and saying it's better than Berseria bodes well for me because I want to get back to liking that series. Yeah. It's just been a long time since I really have. Um, like I said, Zillia is like the the go-to example of where that series was great. But then I felt like the problem kept being that they just kept trying to make that game again. Mm-hmm. And more so than anything, just how bad their tech had, had done. But um, yeah, Chris, you need to make you a Yu-Gi-Oh deck and then just duel with us on this uh, simulator thing we have. So you can be part of the Yu-Gi-Oh boys. I mean, I'll do it. Let's rock. <laughs> I'll do it. Don't you tempt me. <laughs> I'll play some Yu-Gi-Oh. Like I said, I got my deck. Look, it's right here. Look at that. Yu-Gi-Oh Your 80-card deck? Yeah, my 80-card deck. <laughs> I have a I have a dragon in here. That's cool. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now we know. Chris is a dragon deck archetype, you know? Yep, yep. Zombie all right, deck. boys. Uh, well, I guess that, that means it's time to. I guess is that all you played? Oh, oh. Let me let me back up real quick. Yeah, fist and Apex. We can go into what I played, and that's fist. All I've played all week since I've gotten back, because yeah. fist came out Tuesday, and I got back Monday. <clears throat> did a little dueling, and then caught up on some stuff around the house. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday, fist came out. I came home for lunch break, started playing it, and I've been playing the heck out of it since. Yeah. Uh, how far are you? <clears throat> um, let's just say. I broke out of something. Okay. I got you. I yeah. know where you are. Yep. All right. Good. Still enjoying it? Well, I haven't played it. So, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. You seem like well, you're acting like me, where you play another game that ends up catching your attention. And even if you like the other one, you're just like, but I'm on this one right now. Yeah. That was the thing. It's like, you know, I was I was very much looking forward to Tales. And once Tales came out, it was everything's done. I haven't even played Apex, which should tell you. like, that, Yeah. That tells me everything. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I really like, um, so far, I'm really liking Fist. I'm very surprised with how good it is. And mm-hmm. also, this is a kind of an interesting topic here <clears throat> for me. But there's a number of the you know the China Hero Project games that look really good. But there's also this thing where there's kind of like an underarching thing, definitely as you get a little further into Fist, where it's all about like oppressive government. But it's a game from China. <laughs> and uh, it kind of makes me wonder. Uh, like, I was wanting to look up. I'm going to do that right now. That Billy Billy Games um, that made this, mm-hmm. where are they located? Because <laughs> they're Shanghai. Oh. Mm. I was really curious. I was like, man, this game just makes me think, like, I wonder if this is like Hong Kong. <clears throat> <laughs> 
because it's very interesting li- like listening to the game it's almost one of those things that makes you think i'm surprised that there that this slid through the censors without any issues but i guess it's probably because the chinese government doesn't consider themselves to be authoritarian yeah. but you know either way it's very interesting uh playing that game and i really do like it and another game i ended up turning you on to uh whenever we were talking about this was lost soul aside which you had not seen anything of yeah that looks sick and it does look sick and there's a handful of other games that are coming that look really good uh so i guess i wanted to take this because i know there was an episode where chris uh you and i went in kind of heavily on our issues with sometimes how China moves in and starts trying mm-hmm. to look at our media, but actually getting like media coming out of China, it doesn't mean I can't be excited about that. I don't think that those two things have to be equal. Uh, there's no. some really cool games coming. I just, you know, in case there's someone that's back there like, oh, so you're playing Fist, a game from China, but you had complaints about China. Well, yeah, I live in America too. I have complaints about America, but you know, <laughs> doesn't mean everything that comes out of it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am really enjoying the game and I'm excited about what's coming next. But Death Loop is on the horizon. So I'm really trying to be like face down into fist <laughs> uh, to fisting yourself all week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been fisting all week. <laughs> but. I'm really excited because I want to see uh, what happens with Deathloop. So it looks really good. If I can beat Fist by then, which I'm pretty sure I'm close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. So. I guess I do I do really like Fist. It's just Tails, man. T- see, oh. I don't know. I have a feeling I won't get back to Fist, even though I like it, because it's Tails, then Deathloop, then it's, you know, Apex Season 11, and then it's, you know... And if you choose to hop into Far Cry 6, you got Far Cry 6 not too far down yep. the line. There's a lot of stuff coming. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And actually, they're all not very far away. They're all about a month away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Busy time for the year, but that's okay. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to get into the news. And the news this week, clearly, the big thing, and we're going to save the majority of the discussion, is. Um, going to be the showcase. Uh, but there is some other stuff, even though, of course, the showcase ends up kind of taking that priority and, and kind of drowning out the rest of the news, as is the point <laughs> of of a showcase. Because, you know, coming back into Sony doing something like this, it kind of makes me think they had the benefit, I guess maybe you'd call it, but even though they never had issues with it before, of being not around any other event. So you have this thing where like it just came and smacked all the news around because that's pretty much most of what was happening. Whereas normally when you do these in the context of like an E3, then what happens is every presser gets like a few hours of dominating the news to itself before the next press conference goes off. And then that round dominates the news. Um, And for a long time, Sony was always the last. So it's interesting coming back around to that. But before we get into all the heavy Sony news, First thing is pretty interesting, actually. It says Elden Ring uh, will apparently have watchtowers in the game. And in case you're thinking of Ubisoft towers, I wouldn't worry too much. I don't think that that's what it is. Uh, Because it says that it allows players to zoom in and find dungeons that will automatically be added to your map. Which kind of makes me think of like Breath of the Wild, uh, Mm -hmm. where you climb up on the Sheikah towers or whatever and use your Sheikah slate kind of as a little viewfinder. Uh, and then also Shadow of War had these little eyes that you could go to and use them and focus on the land to find like hidden treasures and stuff like that. That would then pop and add to your uh, whatever you want to call that top rotating compass thing, I think is what it was in that game. Uh, that's a pretty cool setup. Uh, <laughs> Saul, I know that you're excited for Elden Ring. Is that something you like to see, this more very open world design as opposed to some of these other games? It sounds like if it's going to be that, it's going to be more of a sprawling map than a sectioned off map like most of the Souls games have been. Yeah, I think that's if like if this is true or whatever, I think that that's what makes me the most excited for it is because it almost confirms 
that it is open world. And um, I'm really curious to see how a FromSoft open world game works. So yeah. I think that more so just sets me up for the excitement of how it's going to end up working out. Yeah, so one of the things, just to give a little more detail into that, uh, this actually did come from one of the team members. And they were talking about how the world being bigger and wanting and begging to be explored, but then being easier to miss things because of the fact that its a scale is a lot bigger, that they wanted to have a way for players to not just accidentally miss everything. So this was their solution to be able to have players <coughs> find, a, find something. So in a way, I guess it still does what the Ubisoft Towers do, but instead of just climbing it, and then, you know, synchronizing or whatever you call it in all those games. And then suddenly revealing everything. It's more like you still have to put the work in of looking around the area, zooming in and looking at places of interest. Yeah. And I think that that could work. I mean, I definitely think that that's a workable solution. And it makes sense to their scale of the game. And I remember that there was something from a while back where Miyazaki was talking about how he loved the way that Breath of the Wild encouraged exploration. So if you're going to have a big map, and you're doing that, yeah. It's going to be interesting seeing a full-on open world from them. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. Uh, that's. I'm just excited for it for that exact reason. Yeah, you think game of the year? You think you're going to go ahead and? <laughs> it's it's hard to say. I can't. It I, I got to play it first. Yeah, it is, and it's coming. What February, January? What was it? February. I can't even remember now. Yeah, I know it's I know it's not too far off. So we'll see. A lot of stuff, a lot of competition at the beginning of the year. Uh next thing off is uh off the back of next gen upgrades, which we kind of talked about last week or you guys did. I was missing. I'm back though. Don't worry. <laughs> uh Ubisoft announced that Far Cry six will have free upgrades available to players who purchased the PS4 version and eventually want to move on to the PS5 version. Probably get a little more into people's thoughts on that when we go to the community's take. Next thing up, though, pretty cool. Uh, as we've become the accidental de facto Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl podcast, the fan podcast that we are, uh, the game recently got a gameplay breakdown, and it showcases a surprisingly competent set of mechanics in a very Smash Bros. style, um, which I think a lot of people are going to like, because one of the complaints, even though I still enjoyed the game, about PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale um, was that they didn't rip off smash brothers hard enough it's like they got close but then still tried doing something unique within it whereas it looks like nick is just like clearly people like smash if we just make smash with nick characters we got a winning formula so chris i know you've been excited about it and we've been talking about it how you feeling about the gameplay sean uh, i'm feeling really good i think it looks sick um i just like how hardcore it is or at least <laughs> appears to be and i really enjoy that like because I, I think I was telling you, I've been watching a lot of Smash streamers talk about it. And I just really find it fascinating how excited they are for it. I'm like, yeah. okay, sure. Like, I, I watched multiple, like, 10-minute long breakdowns of why wave dashing was important. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what you mean, but that sounds hardcore. I'm down. <laughs> real, yeah, real real meta-competitive talk. Yeah. Uh, are Have you ever been, like, a big Smash fan? No, I don't like Smash. So why are you excited about this one? When you're not normally into Smash, is it because of the characters? Is that primarily what doesn't draw you to Smash? Or what? you want an honest answer? Because I think sure. it would be really funny if Nickelodeon did it better than Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm so interested in it. So it's less about whether or not you're even liking the game. It's just more of, or is it to you if you like that game more than Smash? Then it kind of proves your point. No, it's one of those things where like I'll buy this game, I'll spend ten, fifteen hours with it on my own, and then when friends come over, I feel like. Yo, y'all trying to play some Nickelodeon All Star Brawl? That's a hard name to say, apparently. 
and we'll definitely have a good time playing Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. So I'm excited. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I think there's almost no way this game reviews or sells better than Smash just because mm-hmm. of what Smash is. But if this game, as one of many st- games that have tried coming in and doing the Smash style, is even like remotely successful, it'll be really interesting to see. When I say remotely successful, successful specifically in catching some kind of win like Smash Bros. does. Because <clears throat> Smash yeah. Bros. Ultimate's been a juggernaut. Uh, Saul, I know that you're me and you have been off and on Smash people for years. What you thinking about this? Uh, it's one of those that like I think I got I was kind of done with Smash whenever the newest one came out. Yeah. So I was just nah, not really excited for it just because it's it's so Smash heavy or it looks so Smash heavy I should say. Yeah, I could see that. The biggest thing for me is that it, it's a mix of um, Smash Ultimate has instilled a, 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 a little bit of a problem when you have every character that you've basically ever had in any of the games in a single game. So you have like what seventy fighters or whatever it is. You get to this thing where now my brain, even though I'm not nearly the Smash fan as many, my brain's kind of like, so you're telling me we're getting a Nickelodeon Smash style game, but they don't have the Angry Beavers like we were talking about pre-roll? <laughs> it's uh-huh. just, all it is for me is a long list of characters that I can't believe are not included in this roster. And that's that's about where I'm at. I'm excited for it, but I'm I'm kind of excited in the way that Chris is where... I liked PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, and a big part of that was because of the way that it felt a little more like you were playing each character's movesets, um, thankfully to the way that Sony does their stuff. Uh, it felt like you were playing each character's movesets just in a game where they were all pushed together. Uh, whereas a lot of the times I felt like Smash's characters, they're doing things they wouldn't normally do, so you're not really playing them that way, uh, which is not a fault. The They still do a great job with the fighting mechanics, but... Um, yeah, I'm kind of like Chris. It'd be interesting to see them even get close to to Smash's success with what is arguably just a ripoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just yeah. be hilarious. Uh, next thing up, Kingdoms of Amalur's Fate Sworn expansion, which I'm super interested in because I'm curious as to how it looks in comparison to the remaster itself, yeah. considering its new content. But it's in the final stages of production, so that's not a date or anything. There's no date given, not even a timeline at this point. But it sounds like it should be relatively soon, maybe by the end of the year. But if nothing else, maybe the beginning of next year. I think my bigger thing here is wanting to see what this means for the future of Kingdoms of Amalur. Chris, how you feeling about that? um i mean i'm excited to keep playing it i love kingdoms of amalur um and i want to see what they do go ahead yeah i remember that you bought the uh the collect the uh, not the collect the remaster just like i yeah. did um i couldn't remember if you got through all the way through it or if you just kind of go back to it every now and then uh i got most of the way through it and then in typical fashion i found i realized that there was a trophy for being it on hard mode so i started the game over again after playing <laughs> for 30 hours and i haven't it took all the wind out of your sails pretty much yeah because i would have it i did every side quest everything and then beat it on hard mode and i'm like oh geez (laughs) yeah there's a lot of things about the way that that game handles rpg stuff that i really enjoy Mm -hmm. definitely a system between being able to basically fluidly change your class uh with the with the fate system but it's just i'm so curious about how this goes because 
even if this just ends up being a game that looks more or less exactly like the remaster, just new content, mm-hmm. it's more of if this could do well enough, do we eventually get a full-on brand new Kingdoms of Amalur that looks like a next-gen title, which looks aren't everything. The game yeah. feels great and plays well, and that's the most important thing. But it would, would be kind of cool to see it in all the trappings of a of a modern AAA game or even a modern AA. Yeah, I would think we'll get another one. Um but yeah, it's really just the gameplay of this. And I really like Todd McFarlane and his art style and stuff. I think he was involved with this. Well, he was involved with the original one for sure. I'm yeah, not that's... sure if he came back with um, for this or not. That'd be cool yeah, if he I did. Know. I mean, if not, nice. his art style's already informed the, the style yeah. of the world anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Yeah, I know, Saul, you've never ended up playing Kingdoms of Amalur. So uh, I think you're just going to... It's a speak now, forever hold your peace. And I think you're just holding your peace. So Yeah, <laughs> I've been wanting to... Or I said I've been wanting to. I still am going to get around to it eventually. I just don't know when. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, next thing up is, although Kena is not out yet, the developers have expressed interest in moving on from the world, at least in terms of games for the time being. They've expressed other mediums uh, that the world may continue in, such as TV or film, which I think is kind of cool. Um, I think the only thing that makes this a little odd is that this is before the game comes out, and I think people are going to take this kind of headline quote and think it means that they don't think the game's very good or they don't think it has a high chance of getting a sequel. Um which if you actually go into it, it's not, they're kind of talking about wanting to move on and, and explore new ideas within the same style of game. Uh, so, but they, but they want to still mess with the world. So I think that this is more of, they want to flex their game development muscles in a different way while not necessarily abandoning the property. I don't think that this is a bad thing. I don't think Sony had any reason to want to stop them from talking about this in a PR sense. Uh, how do you feel about that? Saul, do you agree? Disagree? Yeah, I'm kind of neutral on it to be 100% honest. Um, it's weird, right? Like, I don't know. It's for me. I don't know. Like, how, how do you feel in agreement? Like, like, do you think? I just don't know. I, for any time, any kind of medium crosses into another medium i'm not a fan of and i think that's kind of an unpopular opinion right mm-hmm. yeah so i think that this should have just stayed a game and if it's if they're trying to make it into a tv show that's fine or a movie i guess that's fine but at that point it's like like what they did with ratchet and clank where it's like what's the point of the movie when the game exists the game is the superior product in this regard so why? Right. Yeah. And clearly you're right in that regard, right? Because the 2016 Ratchet and Clank was sold gangbusters and reviewed incredibly well. And the movie yeah. flopped so hard. Yeah. And, and I guess at that point, it makes sense when you take a movie or a book or a TV show and you turn it into a game because you take something that you're viewing and make it more interactable. But I don't know why you would regress, I guess, and make something that is already at the, at almost the peak of like the peak style or the peak way of being able to interact with something and then make it only viewable. Right. Like, I guess that's the same kind of thing of like, I, 
just I think I mean I get what you're saying because you're you're saying that one is taking it but I I as much as I understand where you're coming from and I think that there's some merit there I, I would argue that just as much as and I think Chris looks like he's got something to say so I'll, <laughs> I'll lob it to you in a minute but um, I would say that for me I think taking a book or a movie and switching that into a, a either taking that exact thing and making it more interactive by moving the games or expanding the world by making a new story in an interactive sense within that world is more of just how do we take this idea and explore it in a different type of medium? And while you take something like that and go to interactability, maybe there is some merit for certain people to be like, okay, what if we take something that was born out of an interactive mindset and strip that away and tell a new story uh, in a non-interactive way. I don't think it has to be a bad thing, but I do kind of get where you're coming from of starting with something being conceived with the idea of it being interactive and then working backwards. Seems like if nothing else, it's going to be more challenging potentially than the inverse. But it, it's hard to say because there is plenty of bad game movies and there's plenty of great movie or games based off of movies as well. Like Chronicles of Riddick, uh, Escape from Butcher Bay is um, an amazing game. And it's X-Men just ex- ex- yeah. There's plenty of examples. So Chris, you sounded like you had something going on. So what's your thought on that? Um, well, in terms of the let's, uh, just to put my thoughts on the news, I don't understand why you would kneecap your game like this. First off, so that seems when you weird. say kneecap, do you mean like because of the timing of the news? Well, imagine. Imagine if Spider-Man 1 had come out and they're like, by the way, we're never making it. We don't want to ever make a Spider-Man game again. You know, we'd rather make a Spider-Man movie. Like, why yeah, would you to, say to that? Be, to be clear, <laughs> it's not that they want They said that they don't think they'll do a direct sequel, like immediately. Yeah, I just so don't get it's, why it's you would say that at all later. until like later, you know, like, I don't know. It just seems a, like a weird thing to say, but I don't know. Well, I just, go ahead. <laughs> Well, on that on that particular thing, I, I understand where you're coming from. Definitely in a time period where people like serialized media yeah. of any sort. They like this idea of, I'm going to play this, and then in a short-ish, maybe, hopefully, amount of time, I'll be able to play an expansion of it if I like it. And it's that mindset of going in with, like, but you can always come back for more because yeah. you're going to do something else. Uh, whereas, to me, I think it's the timing, right? I think if they said this exact same thing a year after Kena yes. released and sold the majority, mm-hmm. even if people are bummed about it, it probably doesn't do anything. Exactly. But there is a chance, no matter, I don't know how big it is, that saying this right now actually may actively dissuade people from it because they may be like, I don't want to get super invested in the world and then yeah. the world go nowhere else. I don't think that, I don't agree with that. I think a, a, something can be a standalone media and I wish more often that would happen sometimes. But at the same time, everyone, including me, gets hyped on dude did you see the new god of war sequel yeah did you see the new horizon sequel you know even even more than that i would say especially in this situation it makes me personally less less likely to buy it at launch because i'm like okay they're they're not planning on making a sequel there's no rush at all for me to play this which means i will almost definitely never play it you know i i shouldn't say that because i'm actually looking forward to kenna but you know if there's no like, if you're like, we're not, we're, we don't want to revisit this right now. It's like, okay, then I guess I'll wait until it's four ninety nine or whatever it is, because there's no impetus to get to the next one. Sure. And I just think saying that before it comes out is weird. Say it after, like you said, when you got your sales. But why would you say that now, when you know there's other stuff coming out? You're releasing in a busy time period, and then you're like, there's this is going to end and it's final, and that's cool. Again, there's no issue with that, but I think. 
like do i want to play kenna or do i want to play far cry it's far cry and then it's do i want to play guardians or do i want to play far cry or kenna and then it's far, it's guardians and then it's do i want to play wolverine or do i want to play kenna and it's wolverine you know what i mean it just keeps going just down the line going so the only thing i'd say about that is that, it, that is viewing it from the idea of it continuing as a game now yeah. do you think that the fact that it may continue on afterwards as no. a tv or movie so maybe not you but do you think and, and looking at more of the potential customer base that there are people that might actually find some impetus to go ahead and play it because yeah, probably they could, they'd be like oh well, this series or this movie is going to take place after the events of this well, so i need to play the game in order to uh, you know or if you, i if i was interested i can play yeah it you could get me to play a game that looks like canada's but i don't have a six-year-old so you're not going to get me to watch a movie that looks like canada's if that makes Ooh, sense that's a rough take because there are some fantastic movies that look like canada's and i'm probably not going to watch them so like i like i you get sound that, a, but... you're sounding a lot like blake right now <laughs> what Oof. have you done with chris <laughs> okay you know what sure but you, still not going to watch. Like, I don't actively. There's a difference between Into the Spider-Verse and Frozen. And I'll tell you which one I'm never going to watch until I have a child who forces me to. Into the Spider-Verse. It sounds, like, it, sounds like the reason, <laughs> it sounds like the reason is because you like Spider-Man. And Spider-Man's drawn you to something that you otherwise well, probably wouldn't. Sure, but like Fantastic Mr. Fox is also excellent. And that's an animated movie. But Kenna looks like a children's game. Is it Fantastic Mr. Fox a stop motion movie? It's. Yeah, but th- my point stands. It's not real people. That's what mm-hmm. I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Anyway, to to go off Saul's point, I just don't necessarily disagree because I think I don't think adding interactivity makes something better. Like I'll tell you right now, I think Red Dead is one of the worst video games I've ever played. But if it was Oof. a movie, it would probably be the best best movie I've ever watched. No, that's not. It's, it's a it's a terrible game to play. There is not not a single ounce of fun to be had playing Red Dead Redemption Two outside of watching the story. And that's my point: is interactivity in that game sucks. But I would watch <laughs> it on YouTube. Well, and you know this weird thing too, and this is something I think about all the time with when games start doing this huge open world thing, right? Uh, something that is kind of off of you know i didn't include it in the news for this because it's not really it's it's more xbox focused but mm-hmm. there was that um that redfall leak huh. and it's... they're talking about it being a world that's bigger than breath of the wild and skyrim and i and i'm like that's too big yeah and you run into the same problem that i feel like red dead 2 did huh. where you have to try and make that world feel believable how do you do that you make random events happen and you know what like the first three or four times that you see some of these random events like you know oh a prisoner is hopping across the road and if i let if i take the shackles off of him he'll do something and that's interesting but then the eighth time that happens in four hours you're kind of like okay i I get it this is just one of many potential random things and now you're ruining it because my chances of having that happen twice in my life are already compl- are incredibly low. Right. My, let alone my thing once. Is you know? I guess on a Red Dead tangent is I care less about the random events, and I have a significant problem with the fact that I have to spend fifteen minutes opening a drawer to get a quarter can of beef jerky. Like I, I that sucks. Beef it sucks. jerky didn't exist in Red Dead. Okay, a quarter can of spitting tobacco. Okay, hold on. You know Red what Dead I mean? Two it's to just... specify as well. 
Yeah, Red Dead One is happens amazing. before Red Dead. <laughs> um, oh, so that's the that's that's where the issue happens with you is that the pacing slows down because of the yeah. way you have to interact with the world. Right. I I was I think I've I've told Brad. I don't know if I've told it on the podcast before, but I stopped playing that game because there is one mission where you have to wade through a swamp, and the wading takes like ten minutes. You just walking through the swamp, getting all of this exposition, and then I immediately got eaten by a goddamn alligator and had to do the entire walk again, and I deleted it immediately. Keep in mind, I. <laughs> I spent a hundred dollars on that game and I'm never, I don't want to play it anymore. You know, it, it, that's where I think the, the, we have to look at these things as individual things. Like I think Kenna is a good example of something that should be broken out into movies, maybe even more than games because you have an appeal of, well, I guess my six year old wants to go see this thing with really big eyes and cute, you know, a- uh, animals or whatever. I also want to go see that just to throw that in the ring. <laughs> oh, yes, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Yes, like, I do get your point. That, the mar- at least from a from a marketing standpoint, you right. have a, a, a yeah, which arguably the same is true of Red Dead. I'm pretty sure people. Well, actually, maybe not. Maybe Red Dead's only as beloved as it is because there's not as much competition in the game. Are you space kidding me? If Red Dead came out right now, it would be distributed by A24, and a bunch of hipster Blake ass dudes would be jerking off to the thing. Yeah, but which then, one's better? Which one's better to make the millions movie. of dollars hold on i'm talking about from a sheer <laughs> money standpoint which one's better to put it out as a game that's beloved and a pinnacle of its thing or to put it out as an a24 movie that really won't make as much money as an actual full-on hollywood money wise it's it's the game but exactly. in terms of what i th- again we're talking about my opinions here and i don't think playing <laughs> yes. that gun that game yeah. is remotely fun and i will tell I you would that- rather watch it I even like the game enough and beat it, and I will agree with the majority. I think that game as even a linear game where you're just going from place to place and it's taking you would be so much better. Yeah, that's I the do thing. not I- care at all. If you want to have that big, crazy open world, do that on Red Dead Online and let the game just be a story that goes. Because I was so annoyed at having to ride my horse for 30 minutes in one direction to get yeah. to the next story quest because I didn't care about anything else happening right. because it was interesting. And that that immersion with the world broke pretty quickly. Well, it would come back alive here and there, but let's, let's, we got, we got a little off topic. <laughs> we did get a lot off topic, <laughs> but yeah, like just to, just to wrap up that part though, is I don't see why, you know, you have it, a game that's established like Kenna, and then you go and you want to make movies about that universe. Maybe I'm going to be proven wrong, but it's almost like the universe itself has to be detailed enough for that to be, you know, just for it to make sense. And like, like when, when Final Fantasy did with Brotherhood, that makes sense because that can be a very detailed world that could have a lot of lore and backstory to this story. But for me, Kenna, like from what we've seen of it, I don't know if like that can really be the thing. It, it just reminds me of when Avatar came out. Um, the James Cameron avatar. There was a book that came out like a like month before it. And I forgot what it was called, but I bought it to read it. And it was like a uh, prequel book. And I just, I read through it. I'm like, this is, this is like the movie. Like when I saw the movie, I'm like, I've, I've like, I've read through this book and it, it didn't, this doesn't need to be a thing. It's just here for people to consume for like no reason. It doesn't add anything. And that's almost what I think these movies would be is that they would just be there to, to make money. Like that, like at that point, and typically when that happens, and if it's blatant to me, it automatically puts me off of the original source material too. Because it's like, well, did you make this with only that in mind of making money and stuff like that? Like, I may have enjoyed my time with it, but at that point, it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth and I won't return. 
And that, and nine times out of ten, when things become adaptations of uh, adaptations of each other, that's what happens. You end up getting this like, oh, this was just done for money and solely for money. This wasn't done to like tell a different story in a different way. It's done for money, yeah. and that and that's, that's going to be something time will tell more than anything. Yeah, but yeah, and I, I get your worry. I think it's fair, and that's why automatically when something like this happens, it's gonna. Ha- it's what I'm bringing up in the next part too, um, is that it it just it's almost never worked out in his favor very few times has it and i I think the final fantasy universe has been the only real time that i've seen that it's happened because advent children and brotherhood were phenomenal or if you create something so i'm gonna go ahead and say the next news and then kind of get on that point so the next piece of news is actually saying that rumors say that a new twisted metal game is in development set to release alongside the twisted metal tv series that sony has in the works they've announced um and on the point of that I think the big difference here, right? Because Chris is actually, I don't know when he'll get around to it or if he will, but I know he bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about quantum break the other day when we yeah. were doing midweek. Um, quantum break is a game that was built from the ground up with the intention of it being both a game that concurrently runs with a TV series that's in the game. So it's less that it's really two different things and more that it's two halves of a, of a single piece of media. Um, and that worked surprisingly well. And I remember bef- I thought the game might be interesting and I bought it back when it very first came out. But I was really worried about the TV part. I thought it was going to end up feeling off kilter and weird and disjointed and disconnected. And I was really surprised that it didn't. Um, so it shows that, like you said, Saul, it can work, but it's more of how often does it really work in that favor and how often should you pursue it if that's all it is. Well, I hope that that's not the case here. Well, it, oh, go ahead, Chris. <clears throat> well, isn't this just an argument about quality of writing yeah right to a degree yeah. because well no i mean intention of writing too right because if it's going to be a direct adaptation or not i don't think taking kenna and then making a direct adaptation movie makes sense and i think that's also why ratchet failed because people who love ratchet had no reason to go do it if they were like wait i can just watch the movie by playing the game ratchet also failed because sony didn't market it at all that is also true. That is yeah. part of that problem where it's a kind of a bad example because Sony never spoke about it. They just put it out. Yeah. But I guess this is where my disconnect with this kind of whole conversation comes in, right? It's because I've, I've mentioned on the show before and on midweek that I've, I'm writing a book and my entire thing is like, I would love to make a game out of the war that happens before the book comes out, mm-hmm. but nobody wants to play the book I'm writing. And that's too entirely different things that fit together very well like i've always had the idea of a turn-based strategy game based on the war between humans and monsters that send the monsters into the into the into the underworld right you would want to play that but believe it or not i don't think you'd want to play the emotional drama of a parent losing his daughter and turning to violence and the rebels who have to fight against their forces i think those are two different things that don't work in the same mediums. And I think that's the point is like, if Saul is correct and these are just money grabs and there's low effort, fine. That makes sense. But if we're doing, okay, you're going to play Kenna, but then you're going to see a movie about how Kenna gets his powers. I don't want to play that, but I would like to see the movie. Whereas I want to play Kenna with her powers doing what she does. And I think that's the difference here is like, yeah, this uncharted movie looks like crap because it doesn't make any sense. And I might rather play the movie, but there's i think there's arguments for everything 
True. Well, and, and, and one supplemental where one's not, right? I think yeah. both of the examples you gave were supplemental material, whereas like a good example of like Uncharted as a live action is that it's it's not supplemental. It's literally meant to just be a different it's almost to replace Uncharted mm-hmm. in a visual in a visual based standpoint only. Well um, and I So think, yeah, I think your your points are correct, Chris. But go ahead, so Oh, I think that's the point of all of this too, right? Is that like if it's not supplemental, then there is no point. And, and that's specifically involving video games. It's like, okay, with Ratchet and Clank, what was supplemental with the game compared to the movie? Nothing. Why would you watch the movie if you've already played the game? At that point, it's... Or ob- vice versa. Yeah, it's obsolete. Well, I mean, I would... Even if I watched the movie, I could still see reason behind playing the game. True. But if you played the game... The film. Yeah, yeah, you start the movie up, and you're like, I've already seen all this. There's no point in me sitting on the couch for an hour and a half to watch it if I've already watched it. And I yeah. think that's the issue is that like they the way that the news was written right is that this may not involve the kenna directly but it may involve the world which is fine but at that point like is it if it's not going to directly tie in somehow whether it's characters some something of the story or the world itself that involved in you know anything involving her powers or stuff like that then what's the point of putting kenna's name on it if you can't tell it's Kenna without being told it's Kenna, then it's not Kenna. Right? Well, I don't no, nah. I don't think that's true. I don't, I don't know for sure. Well, that's the I thing. Think it, depends like, on, it depends on what the game ends up doing. I think it has a very specific visual style. And I think if they lean in the right way, they can find ways. Because it's called Kenna Bridge of Spirits, right? Right. So if you go through and do some, maybe you can name it to where it's, it's the Bridge of Spirits is something involved of there. But you don't have to, have to yeah. necessarily be through Kenna. Like it's a and song it of ice and fire Kenna for Game of Thrones. Of but then there's all mm-hmm. these stories that could be told within that universe that all just fit sure. under the song of ice and fire. Mm. Well, what I mean, though, is like how many movies has there been that did not start off as that movie, but then they ended up just rebranding it and it fits into that movie. Uh, there's yeah there. And that's Overfield did that, right? It, it yeah. was. Yes. And like, that's the thing is that like it wasn't intended, but it's like this is so um, it's just so cookie cutter that we could put any name on it and it fit in. And that sometimes that is the is the feeling I get when it comes to stuff like this is that if you're going to separate the universe, if it do it well and do it connected well, don't just make like a random like 3D animated children's movie and say, oh, this is Kenna too. That has nothing to do with Kenna at all, or yeah, even the, the world or the characters. Just don't separate it and just say, hey, this is because that's what I mean by money grab. If they throw Kenna's name on it or Bridge of Spirits name on it, and it's 100% separate that has no tie-ins, then what's the point? What's the well, point of calling that, it? I would have to imagine if you're keeping it in the universe, there would be tie-ins. You would That's think so. Like, yeah. But there's been times yeah. where this has happened before and they didn't. And they, there's not, and there's not connections. They just call it a name and you're, and they just like, like literally Cloverfield and stuff like that. There's been plenty of movies that, that were made and that were written all the way through. And then they were like, you know what? This could be, this could fit into this series here. Let's just do that instead. In reality, those movies tend to be dog trash. Like they, I, I have never seen a movie that I've liked where that was the case, where they they just rebranded it in a sense. And like that's the thing is that like with Twisted Metal, typically like with tie-ins, like y'all brought up Quantum Break, this could be really really well done, or this could be absolute dumpster fire. There is no in between to me. I don't think like I don't think it's going to be mediocre. I think it's either going to be very bad or be very very well done, and that mm. just depends on how they frame the game. If they frame the game with like a lot of live action scenes 
and they try to make all the character models like actual people like like twisted metal to me is not about realism so if they start making it realistic to a degree of like death race i'm not going to like it it's not going to be the same thing yeah and that's, yeah, I think the Twisted Metal Crux here is going to be really interesting to see how they – because this is more the inverse problem, right? This is yeah. – well, I guess it's, it's actually exactly what you're talking about, taking a game and then turning it into something else. But I think the difference between Kenna and Twisted Metal, right, is that Kenna is, is a little more character-focused in the game. Twisted Metal, I have a hard time figuring out how you do this because it's just a set of characters and lore that loosely attach to everybody to why they're doing what they're doing. And I like those. And they're fun as like little motivation as to figuring out why this person would go through the the challenge of Calypso's you know battles, but I, I'm not sure how that works in a TV fashion. It doesn't mean it's impossible. I hope it's good, um, but yeah, it, it's. I, mean, I don't want to spend too much a, t- more time on it, but yeah, I mean, Chris, if you want to have one final remark, go ahead. It'll be a six episode run. Five episodes are about the characters, and then the sixth episode is the Twisted Metal battle, and that'll be the season. Call it book it. That's, that's probably it all it can be, and I don't even know if more than one season's that worth it. Well, they'll, <laughs> you they'll, know? Just, they'll just kill off all but one, and then they'll have a mentor character in the first season who won the first one, and then he'll mentor, and then the guy who stands at the end will be another, and then they'll just keep doing it. It's not. Now, it, it yeah, it's clearly itself. not impossible because actually that sounds a lot like Twisted Metal 2013, yeah. which is something that people actually didn't like, at least from the game standpoint, because instead of having very short and far more vague storylines for each character, like the original games did, they had storylines for three characters, mm-hmm. and they were far more involved than previous games had been, and they were completely different campaigns where you had completely different races and boss fights depending on what you were doing uh because of the character so i who knows we'll see but the bigger thing here for me is just that if this is the way we got to go about getting a new twisted metal game at least that's <laughs> happening i just yeah, hope yeah. That, i hope it's not the inverse problem of where they're only making a twisted metal game because they want to have something to release with a movie and so it's a cash grab even then though twisted metal is all about mechanics as long as you get the mechanics right everything's good <laughs> yeah and as long as like and i guess at the crux of it for me is like as long as you produce something or write something or direct or you know you have a passion project as long as you start it out with the intentions that it's connected to the world and you write it within that same mindset and frame of mind mm-hmm. it should end up being at least somewhat decent but the thing about it is it's like it's it's rare we see that and i hope that that's not the case because like you said cloverfield coincidentally is a great example because cloverfield did this twice the Cloverfield yep. Paradox and um, Cloverfield ten, yeah, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Those movies were not Cloverfield movies at all, but they just, ended- which I will say this, you said that they've all been bad, right? I actually think 10 Cloverfield Lane's a fine movie. I think I really enjoyed it. Even if they did not do the random scene at the end to try and tie it into the Cloverfield universe. That's, well, that's the thing, right? That's, that's where it feels all of a sudden, like, what was that? Like that to yes. me, I, that, that's where it loses. it. That's the yeah. thing. That's the quality change. And that's where you yeah. noticed it when they tried to fit it into something that didn't exist. And that's all I'm saying is that if, if they're making Twisted Metal, this TV show, in mind with a game to run in conjunction or just to even be a sequel to the series or whatever, a prequel to the series, you know, vice versa. Oh, and I think they, I got they, it, actually. Chris gave it, right? You, you use this to tell the character's story, and then you just let the game be pure gameplay. You don't even worry about the story in the game. The game is it could be a it could we could be finally getting a twisted metal battle royale which i think makes way more sense than almost anything and then leave it to where you can play as these characters and you may be like that guy's looking interesting i wonder what his thing is well check out this episode of this tv series and you find it uh but all right guys let's go ahead and yeah, move on to the on. next thing uh ps now september editions are here and they are tekken 7 killing floor 2 the original final fantasy 7 windbound pathfinder kingmaker and moonlighter um 
And then on top of that, just so you're aware, four more Final Fantasy games will be added, technically five, in the coming months, once per month, uh, starting next month with Final Fantasy VIII, the following month with nine. The following month after that will be 10 and 10-2 together in the remaster collection. And then lastly, 12's remaster, the Zodiac Age. Uh, that those are good additions. Uh, you know, I, I one thing I was a little curious about is whether or not we were ever going to actually hear something. And I'm a little curious as your guys' thoughts on this. Um, if we were going to hear something either during the showcase or around it or even anytime soon about Jim Ryan's remark that he made roughly a year ago about how Sony is working on a, an answer, a solution. I can't remember the exact word, but some kind of com- competition for Game Pass. Well, the, and I'm still not sure what that is. The funny thing is, is like I was thinking this as you're reading off that list, and as I read it earlier, PlayStation Now and Games Pass share a ton of games. They do. So when people say like, "Oh, Games Pass is garbage," it's like you're calling PS Now garbage, like because it's it's a lot of the same games are are shared there. Um, but what's even more weird is they're they're following in games Pass's footsteps because all of those games are already on games pass. All of those Final yeah, Fantasy also games. True. They've been on there for way longer. Yes. Mm-hmm. So for me, like for them to make a games pass killer or a competitor with, with PS now, um, it's weird. Like they, they, they would have to do a PS plus <clears throat> plus or something that includes PlayStation plus and PS now, just like games pass ultimate includes Xbox live to be able to compete, but they'd also have to start putting out some of their first party games on, on, on it quickly, like quicker than what they have been. Yeah. I always thought those remarks were weird because it seems like Sony is just dead set on not doing it, which I think is fine. There's no issue there. I just don't know what the point of him making that remark was unless we're about to see something that still seems more in line with what PlayStation would do, but still does give you that feeling of like, this is how you compete with game pass. But it was just an odd remark because I feel like the answer should be how did, when he was asked that, uh, do you have any plans to compete with Game Pass? Our plan to compete with Game Pass is put games out on our system exclusively from our first party studios or partnering studios that you can't find anywhere else. So Herman Holst said, yeah, that's what yeah, that's what you think would be the answer. And, and Herman Holst did say that. So what was Jim Ryan's remark about? Was it a weird way of saying that? And just not, I don't know. I'm very confused. I don't know either. But, um, I hope, you know, I, I desperately hope that we get something. Um, I don't desperately hope. I just, it, it's kind of what we were talking about last week, and we're going to talk about a little bit on the community's take. I just think that they need to announce something and be consistent. I think what makes it so weird is that this feeling that they're in flux. If at the beginning of the thing, it was just doubling down on we believe in generations and this is why you would want to play PlayStation, then bang, you got it. So I don't know. Time will tell if, if there's really an answer there, but the truth is that neither Nintendo or PlayStation have the funds to do something on a Game Pass level without bankrupting themselves. Well, hold on. <laughs> I, I think they do. Mm. Mainly because, okay. It's a loss leader. Uh, it's basically the Epic Game Store thing, right? The only reason Epic can afford to do the Game Store is because Fortnite is a monstrosity, and they're using Fortnite's money to try and build up Epic Game Store to become what Steam is. Well, see, here's here's what I wonder. Okay, imagine this. Most most first-party games go on sale within the first three months now, right? Mm-hmm. By about a $20 discount. You can find most games at launch. This may be different on PlayStation 5. We don't have enough data yet to show, but like Days Gone, God of War... 
uh, The Last of Us 2. Those games dropped to $40 on a PlayStation sale within about three months of them coming out. So what I'm curious about is that if you create a service and you have it, you you have to be a little more aggressive in the price than Xbox does and, and, and in a business way, not a consumer way. So you link in PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus and you charge 20 bucks for it. But then that service, not PlayStation Now, but that service guarantees you all of PlayStation Now games and after maybe six months of launch, every first t- first party game. Yeah. Because maybe. if they're going on a, such a deep discount already, and it's not once, it's they go on deep discounts at least twice before the six month range. Yeah. Then if you if you could get people to subscribe to that at twenty dollars a month, that wouldn't also just buy those games, right? Because for every they always make this thing of like you know, I would never personally have bought Fallout 4 on Xbox, but I just downloaded it on Games Pass because I have Games Pass Ultimate kind of thing. So, like, they technically got my money anyways via the Games Pass Ultimate subscription fee. But I wonder if there's data there that we would ever see that would make that or to ask that question and see if, if it could make sense to the consumer. Mm. Chris, curiosity yes. of where you stand on this. So, because this is where I'm kind of coming, right? Saul, so I don't think that your plan's bad. I actually think that there's a workable way for them to do that. And I think PS Now is kind of a very slow version of that because we are somewhat getting first-party games onto it, like God of Just War. Just very like slow, yeah. But it's more like a year or two later. Um, now, this is where I think what's going to happen is that regardless of what Sony does, unless Sony's doing day and date, I'm not even sure they need to try and go down that path because if they do something that's getting closer to game pass but still aren't doing day and date then people are still just going to complain and say it's not good enough it's not day and date we demand day and date and then i think that you open the door for people to try and push towards the day and date which may not be viable for sony and i think it may make more sense for sony just to push back and say that's just not the business model that makes sense for us and we're going to stick with this as our plan I don't know. I, I get that you know, you're more postulating as to what could Jim Ryan be talking about? What was he really saying? But I really, I, I genuinely don't know that there's a way for Sony to really compete with Game Pass without just saying, hey, we're going to do a service that has all of our first party titles day and date. And I don't think that that's, I don't think it's sustainable for him. I, I mean, I could be wrong. Chris, what are your thoughts? Um, I don't know. I, it's a hard question because I don't think game I don't think PS Now is an equivalent to Game Pass, and I think people who look at that look at it that way aren't really looking at what the the thing is. It's a streaming system for the most part. I think the real competitor to Game Pass is PS Plus Collection, and I think all they need to do is just keep being like, like I've said it on the show before. You can go have Game Pass and your five hundred games that you only want to play thirty of. We're going to give you thirty games you want to play. That's that's the, that's all they need to do. PS Plus collection already comes with PlayStation or with PlayStation Plus. I'll pay extra money if you want to give me the day and date. You want me to pay forty dollars a month? Whatever. You give me God of War two. You give me Horizon. You give me Wolverine, Spider Man two. It's all day and date there for forty bucks a month. Fine. That's what they need to do. I don't need them to be like, here's Funimation and here's Crunchyroll and here's our Sony movies day and date. Just. Tell me, okay, here it is, day and date, God of War, it's $40 a month. Or you want to just keep your subscription a year, uh, you know, a year and six months, these games are up there, and you know that, fine. I don't I don't need them to try and compete one-to-one with Game Pass. I don't think that's viable, and I don't think it's worth yeah, the time. Yeah, I don't think it's viable either. Now, you know, something that you were kind of thinking that I don't, 
because I, I know Disney hasn't necessarily gotten a lot of good feedback from this, but thinking about Disney Plus and their way of doing <clears throat> movies that launch on the service day and date, but with a payment. So yeah. Mulan, I think, was an example of that, yep, where Widow. you had to, on day and date, you had to pay $30 yep, nope, to $30. rent it? Nope. Yep. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think that's too much. That's not good enough now. But I think if there's a way for them to kind of meet in the middle of that idea and say, here's, uh, you know, here's PS Plus collection. And what will happen is that day and date, these games will hit PS Plus collection for a discounted price. So you can spend, you can spend on PS Plus collection. You can buy the game for $30. Uh, and then you get all these other first parties that eventually get added full time. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. If you want to be a patient gamer and wait, there you go. But if you're also sub to this and you want to be able to be part of the conversation, around gaming right now because that's the way you're that's what you're into then you have a path that still feels closer you know how, how would you feel about that it's not a very thought out plan but just as a kind of interesting quick thought i don't know i mean i don't see why sony would do that if i'm thinking of it one-to-one like there's no reason to charge me to rent your game um, well, not a rent you'd be buying it you know, yeah. that, that's, that'd be the thing is that you'd be getting a, a discounted price day and date. That way, not only are you paying for the service and they got your sub mm-hmm. money there, but they're also getting some money for the game. Yeah, I mean, that would be fine. I think that would be a good idea. Um, but they do do that. You know, a lot of games get their PS Plus pre-order discounts. Yeah, Fist saved me, uh, what, Deathloop, if you hadn't heard, like is 10% off on the PSN store. They've told you a bunch of times. Yep, so like, and I pre-ordered it. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it. I just don't. I don't yeah, know. I, just, I don't think ten percent enough. That's that, in terms of if if we're trying to get closer to that. I mean, as just a general and in the spirit of the conversation about Game Pass, I think ten percent is enough just as a benefit yeah. to PS Plus users. Yes, and I've always felt that way. I like yeah. the extra discounting on new games, on including sell games. You know, seeing a game on sale for fifty percent off and then being like, oh, if I'm a PS Plus user, I get seventy five percent off. Sweet. I don't know. I think. This is a, maybe it's a hot take, but I don't think we need a Game Pass on PlayStation. I think you're looking at two different things. And I saw a tweet yesterday that was kind of a perfect encapsulation of why I'm glad that these aren't like this. Is if you look at what Halo is becoming and you look at what Gears Five is, those those are storefronts, and and they're storefronts because they're giving the games away for whatever it is, fourteen ninety nine a month or a dollar. So the games are storefronts, and I, you know what? If that's what we're going to turn playstation games into with a with a day and date thing i don't want it i'll pay my 70 dollars and you leave me alone with your microtransactions to be clear i 100 percent agree with you yeah (laughs) i have zero even if playstation had a game pass thing because even xbox right the only reason i have xbox game pass is because it's overtly beneficial to me for the little bit of time that I want to play it. And I was also able to get three years for a hundred dollars. So there's no reason for me to have not done that. But in the, in reality, Xbox didn't gain that much for me in that particular situation. I gamed them and they (laughs) took a loss on it. Exactly. So I agree that Sony shouldn't do that. And that realistically, I don't want the games to become that either. Um, I, I think that's the better way to, to go. So either way, we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, let's yeah. look at this next thing, though. Uh, Sony have announced the acquisition of Fire Sprite, the Liverpool-based studio behind PSVR titles, The Playroom VR, Run Sackboy Run, and the horror game The Persistence. Uh, it looks like Sony here is doubling down on their follow-up to PSVR. Uh, that's still coming maybe sometime next year. A little unclear. Um Still no announcement, just while we're on that, of Bluepoint being acquired, which I really thought was coming soon, just because 
I'm still so perplexed by the PS Japan posting that whenever they bought House Mark had the Blue Point logo and Demon Souls into the slat from an official yeah. PlayStation account. They'll announce it in December. I just yeah, I don't know. I, are they waiting to announce it when they reveal Demon yeah. uh, Blue Point's next game? Maybe. Uh, yeah, of course. That's but why, why didn't they do that with House Mark? You think it's just you think that Blue Point's a big name for what they I offer? Think, I think they bought Blue Point off of Demon Souls, and I think they bought House Mark off of Returnal. And there's not going to be a House Mark game for another couple of years, and a Blue but Point game is ready to be probably announced. coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on how big Blue Point's and to be and fair, what their sizes are. To be fair, House Mark did say that they were being courted. So yeah, Sony true. had to buy them when they did. Maybe they yeah, would have. Whereas Blue Point have continuously expressed that they're fine being independent. independent. Yeah. Which also makes me wonder. I mean, does that really mean Blue Point will eventually do it? But why do you make that graphic if there's not some kind of exactly. discussion at they, least going on? They own Blue Point. You if 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 they hadn't had the Demon Souls in the background, I would be more willing to hear this. Oh, it was just an accident. It's it's a it's I think it's just an accident is such a bad take considering they have Demon Souls edited into there with Returnal, you know? Yeah. It's yeah, not like sure. they just swapped them out. Both of them are there. It's yeah. clearly meant to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it was literally the alternate art specifically for that. Yeah. yeah. I agree. It, it was a very odd setup. But um, so looking back at this Fire Sprite thing, yeah. I, I think this bodes well because, you know, one of the other things that we'll see when we go talking about the showcase is this idea that. Insomniac is like the go-to studio right now for Sony. They're moving like crazy. They're doing so much. And I've always thought it was a smart buy because of how many teams Insomniac has. And while we look at the main teams that are making (laughs) these main games, there's also the reality that Insomniac has VR-specific teams that were making content prior to their purchase. Um, So it looks like there's going to be a lot of potential for VR here. Now, Saul, I know that you've often said, like, you know, PSVR you thought was cool, but it just what it was still not quite where you wanted it to be to be able to think about jumping in. Is there a future with this PSVR too, knowing kind of the few things we do with the different style headset and the controllers, where you might see yourself with the right games kind of coming into it a little with this gen with a little more enthusiasm? It just depends on the pricing, the the physical footprint it takes up. Sure. And it's just going to, I'll have to see it. There's absolutely no way I can make that call without knowing the full reveal and all of that. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the big thing I think is going to be a big game changer for it is going to be the, the no need for a camera. You don't have to deal with that problem that PSVR faced. And I'm sure Chris is very familiar with where it's, you're out of the range of the camera (laughs) and that there's nothing more deflating than being, having a really good time. And then suddenly the game's like, bro, you're not even in the camera. What are you doing? You know? Uh, Chris, I know is Chris really likes VR on PS4. I remember, yeah. And since you've gotten your PS5 and Sony refuses to send you the <laughs> adapter that you ordered, I know you've kind of just be, you know you're yeah. just like, well, I can't do it anyway. I've officially uh, deleted all the PSVR games off of my hard drive. So <laughs> something that someone said the other day that I think could be interesting is that, and, and I don't know if y'all know this little tidbit. Apparently, when Project Morpheus was first starting off the ground and they were using the PS3i. And the move controllers when they were, and they had the move, they had like the eye with move controllers strapped to a headset that was like the tracking for the head. They apparently made God of War 2, I think is what it was, VR, where they moved the camera right up to where you're Kratos's face. You could look down, you could see the hands move them and have the blades of chaos. And that was like their first test ground. 
someone the other day, and I think it was in our Discord. It might have been Shafe Dog. I know he's a big VR fan. I can't remember. Uh, but they were talking about. Um, it might have been Twitter, but they were talking about Wolverine. And how Wolverine might be a good example of a game that if you really wanted to double in and it's coming from Insomniac who has VR experience, that could there be a way where they could kind of do the Resident Evil 7 thing where you just play the game fully in VR, even though I'm sure the normal version of Wolverine would stay third person. Um, That would be kind of cool. If it really could be that most of Sony's games moving forward, they could think about like VR is going to be so integral to the system that almost every game we do will have a way to play it in VR that won't sacrifice the quality of the main game. We have to see it in action. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're going to have much more robust tracking here, or at least it sounds like it. And that's kind of to Saul's point. It's what we're being told on paper. And there's no way to tell if that's actually going to come because as much as I love Mark Cerny, this is now the second console where we've been told stuff that's just not happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know that his intentions were well, and I'm sure at the time he thought it was going to be, but here we are still having it where not even everybody can actually upgrade their, their memory yet. And games are still having to copy and patch stuff in when he was making it sound like they were going to end up having to uh, being able to just on the fly, take out the things that were no longer needed and put in the things that were needed without having to go out and rebuild a new compounded file. And I'm still seeing some games do that. Now, whether that's due to PlayStation's dev kit stuff, not being robust enough and people not understanding it. So resulting like reverting back to that to get it done, or if it's that the system can't support it necessarily in the way that was intended, I'm unsure. I think but it's that every game is built on PS4, so they're still they're, doing they're PS4 slave stuff. to the yeah. You're probably right. Something and that's not something we'll see for sure until we get yeah. PS5 only games. Something I've noticed now um, with an Xbox Series X and a PS5 was I downloaded Borderlands yesterday, and it was like 68 gigabytes. It took 45 minutes to download that which is also one of those that's like a PS4 game crossed into PS5 upgraded or whatever. Yep. It took 20 minutes to download 120 gigabyte Forza Motorsport. I mean, Forza Horizon game. Oh boy, I'm going to tell like, you right now, Saul. half the time. I, I could tell you between me and Chris, that is the exact opposite of experience that I've had on every Xbox I've ever owned. I, I, have you? Is the Series S the same way for you? Exactly the same. Dude, mm-hmm. it literally, like, I started... I mean, well, I can't. I can't actually look right now. I think my app can actually do it. So I started downloading both Dishonored Two and um, F- Fallout Four before we recorded. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to see if the app can actually tell me if like if it's done or not. Well, I know one thing because like I experienced it too. Chris got the both the Xbox and the PS Five at launch, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember Chris saying like, "Whoa." The Xbox is really slow. And then he went to do PS5 and he was in because me and him game share. I was looking like every two seconds there was a game popping off, finished installing. And it was big games like Spider-Man Remastered, Miles Morales. So my question to Saul would be, and I have to sound like a dick, is was it done or was it ready to play? They're both done in this case. I don't I don't I will not start up a game when it when with either system when it says ready to play. I always let my games finish downloading entirely. I've had issues, too many issues of like glitchy audio and frame rate drops when they say they're quote unquote ready to play. Yeah. Um, I can't tell on my app, but in my on the app, it shows that they're both in my library with no kind of download symbol. I don't know if they're supposed to, but like I could guarantee you that like, at least from my experience, downloading those two games, if they're done, 
that is how long it took me to download Borderlands yesterday. And that's yeah, so you know, four and Dishonored too. You know Sea of Thieves, right? Whenever right. I went to go download Sea of Thieves on my Series S, whenever I hooked it back up, and when I went to download it back on my One X for the little bit we were playing it, yeah. on the One X, it took about an hour and a half. Oh, no. On my, on my Series S, it took about 45, 50 minutes. I was going to say, it took about 30-ish minutes for me on my Series And on X. my PS5, I downloaded... Oh boy, I downloaded like I, whenever I first got it because I was like, dang, Chris is right. I was downloading stuff left and right. Uh, I downloaded, um, or at least I said, okay, let me back up. I downloaded Spider Man uh, Ultimate because I ended up buying that one digital so Chris and I could both do it. Um, I, I downloaded both Miles Morales and Spider Man Remastered fully, not playable, in like 30 minutes. Both games bigger than Sea of Thieves. Um, and it just kind of took me back. I was like, huh. Is Miles Morales was still bigger than Sea of Thieves? Th- those two games together definitely Oh, okay. Are. I was going to say, because like, it was, Sea of Thieves, I was, like I was downloading gigs. both remastered, yeah. Because Spider-Man remastered Sp- is like 45 gigs. Spider-Man, and- I was going to say, uh, yeah, Spider-Man remastered. But you're, you're, you're comparing, they're both half the size of Sea of Thieves, except one's like a quarter of the size. No, Miles Morales is also around, around 40, 50 gigs. How is so that game 40 similar. to 50 gigs? Because it's also a PS4 game. Because it's also a PS4 game, yeah. so you're downloading both copies, and it's still smaller. No, it's well, just at the time you definitely were, right? Actually, yeah. Uh, well, no, no, no. Whenever yeah. I downloaded it, I selected PS5 and did not download the PS4 version, and I got it when it when it when the old legendary thing was out or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a long time since then. Yeah, but, but oh, also, no. see if thieves. Uh, let me go look and see. Because uh, like I could tell you my first trophy in Miles and tell you how far back that was. Uh, and like I, I one hundred percent sure did not download the both the console versions. One hundred percent, no, I did not do that. I don't think the I did only either. the only time I accidentally I that did that Chris was did that at first, Destiny Two. I did, and that was the Destiny. game that taught me the lesson of like I I need to select the things in there. Okay, look, this is even worse. See if these is only seventeen gigs on Series S. No, it, it is not. Forty five. No, it is not. It? I'm looking at on it right Series here. S is not big at all. Oh, but it, yeah, it, it is, says it is a, on 128 gigs on Series X. On Series X, it's 47. No, that's what it says right here. What are you looking at? Uh, this is as of this is as of last year. So unless they've added, a well, ton of course they. You just th- yeah, think about what they just added to the game. I mean, okay, all, let me go find a new one. All that this is stuff. A, here goes uh, April 18th, 2021. That's, that's a, still at not least a more recent. Still one. not. I know, but I'm gonna the, look and see if it's bigger. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, I'm looking on my computer right now. 68 gigs on PC. Yeah. And that's and, and that doesn't have all the four K. Well, it might actually have all the four K textures. It does. It one hundred percent does. <laughs> but actually, the console version is a little smaller because they know they're dedicated for SSD on the Series X version. But Series S and X. Try to figure. But my point being is that that I downloaded two games in less time than it took for me to download one. That's actually smaller. Yeah, for you though, you always have issues with your Xboxes. Like you were rubber banding at every, every- I've never had that issue. Since I've yeah, been playing every on console series I've X. ever had. I don't know why. Because you hate them so loud that they're just like, we're not going to work for you. That's what I they don't do. Hate Xbox. But yeah, like like you. Um, I loathe them. I, I never once have. Because you said you were remaining in CFDs. That never once happened to me. Yeah, happens and, like every 30 And you're minutes. hardwired, right? Uh, no, not, well, not in there. That might be why, too. Is it you're, you're doing wireless? No other game on Xbox has ever done that. Well, well the Xbox wireless like might hours. suck. Maybe I'm comparing. But why would it only do it on on? I, here's like I'm not blaming the Xbox. I actually think it's the game, but I don't know because all, all my stuff is wired. So I'm just going. Every other online game I've ever played on on Xbox has never done that. Uh, but either way, 
I think it's time now, boys, to go ahead and get into community's take. the community's take. And let me go grab all of those and get those pulled up. I should have had that pulled up beforehand. Uh, but uh, you guys did the episode last week anyway, so why don't you kind of spearhead what the spirit of the of the community's take was while I get all of them pulled up. Yeah, so for community's take, you know, as we change the format, uh, we asked you guys across our Discord, uh, Twitter, and our Facebook group what your thoughts are on what la- the last episode's topic for 227, and that was what did you feel about the way – how did you feel about the way Sony handled the new upgrade path? Specifically, they used Horizon to be the one to spearhead it and um yeah we asked you guys exactly what your thoughts were about it and to be specific we said how do you feel about the upgrade path that sony has implemented do you think it's a good middle ground or do you believe there shouldn't be one in regards to this how do you feel about the way sony has implemented the change with horizon specifically let us know and on discord patreon user and discord buddy of ours rude days 93 he says all upgrades should be free PC has been doing it for years. Xbox and Ubisoft does it now, and many other studios who are much smaller than Sony as well. But a bigger point I want to make is that no cross-gen game should cost $70. My reason being, and correct me if I'm wrong, but more work goes into being uh, put into the game for the work on an 8-year-old hardware, so why should consumers have to pay extra on the hardware that has also been said easier to develop games for? I understand that game prices have to go up eventually, but Sony and others should have either only made next-gen games $70 are going ahead and raise the price of all games to $70 because it doesn't make any sense that one SKU costs more than another SKU when one SKU was easier to make. So how do y'all feel about that? Is that, to be fair, this is something I haven't actually paid attention to. Are cross-gen games actually $70? No. Um, on, on the PS4 version, for most of them, they're 60 and if And for the developers or publishers who already have gone up, it's 70 for the PS5 version. Well, that's what I mean. So, like, if it's a game that's cross-gen, I bought on PS5, it's $70. Yes. Okay. I don't know if I've bought a cross-gen. For most of them. Again, not that's also something that's depending on who the publisher is. Because there's plenty of examples of games that are cross-gen that released bespoke PS5 versions, not just upgrades that have that are still $60. Horizon's PS5 version is 70 Yeah. And the PS4, PS4 version is 60 Which means, guess what? Buy the PS4 version. Don't be dumb. <laughs> Yeah. So in this case, because of what they've done and honoring it, you're just going to get a game for $10 cheaper than you would have. Right. Now, two rude days thing. This actually comes down to it depends on how these games are, are being done. But one thing I want to say is that people say PC has been doing this for years about upgrades being free. Well, it really depends on the game, and that's kind of what goes on here, and it really still depends on the publisher, because there's times when games get remasters that are not free on PC, mm-hmm. and then there's time where they do get remasters that are one hundred percent free, and there doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason for it. But I also think part of the reason for that is if you're familiar enough to be doing PC gaming competently, you're also able to easily dip your toes into the heavily pirated market of PC gaming. And I think consoles are far less pirated, and so you can enforce your pricing a little bit better than you can on PC. Where PC, you know, Steam's. I don't know if you ever heard this from Gabe Newell. If I, I, I don't know the exact quote. But basically, it was like the only way to combat piracy is to basically give features and stuff that that the pirates won't have. So the idea kind of there is to make it so easy, so simple, and then have features that lean toward the user that they would be more inclined to just want to buy the game than to pirate it. Um, And PC has a lot more fighting to do on that front 
than consoles do. And even then, consoles have that front. PSP had that problem. PS Vita now has that problem, which is probably why Sony was wanting to usher it in because PS Vita has been... Um, it's pretty easy these days to just go in and hack your Vita and download whatever game you want uh, without going to the storefront at all. So in that regard, I don't think that PC is going to be actually comparable enough here. Uh, I just think that there are two different markets. Uh, I don't think you can look at that. Well, but even then, I don't think PC has been consistent and then they're always free. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. But if we go and look at like what Xbox is doing, yeah, there's an argument to be made for Xbox. But Xbox is also the company that's taking a loss leader position on spending millions of dollars to get games on Game Pass. So clearly they're not worried about charging this extra $10 for games because right now they're using their PR spoon to hopefully get them to a point of sustainability. That's kind of where I'm at on this. It's also not true that games on xbox don't have upgrade fees it's just xbox games don't have upgrade fees yeah some i feel of like the, the entire yeah. yeah every game that has an upgrade fee has an up on playstation has one on xbox he might that as far as i'm he concerned. might be specifically meaning first parties there since he didn't specify i'm not sure yeah he might be um, well even in the tenor of the conversation i've heard that same thing of well smart delivery smart delivery and i'm like smart delivery doesn't matter with call of duty you know, it's still the same situation. They may be yeah. handling their own games better, but keep in mind, Xbox has already said their games are done coming to Xbox One. Sony is the one who is still really talking about the, the old console. So that's why we even have this issue. Xbox is killing the issue before Sony is. Yeah, it's true. So, you know. Yeah. So uh, they only have to do it for that 18th month, 18 month period they exactly. said they were going to do it for. And we're rapidly approaching that 18 month mm-hmm. mark. And they said that sentence, which gained them a bunch of PR. And most of the studios they bought that are about to start putting out this torrential downpour of games are not going to be releasing until after the 18 month yep. mark has passed. So it almost becomes a non-issue. Well, what's, um, what's even more funny is that if they would have actually st- held up to their guns, this would have been a non-issue to begin with because generations. Yeah, that's also true. With this, yeah. this, now, this has also kind of all been thrown together, not poorly, but in now it's more concise and more consistent. But before, you know, this whole Horizon thing, the the last two weeks, this was all like them winging it literally because six months ago, this wasn't supposed to be the cause. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that we haven't quite touched on in his thing, though, that I do think is there's two interesting things here that we didn't touch on really yet. Um because of how development's being handled, I don't actually know if more work is having to go into making these games work on PS4 or if the games are being made 100% for PS4 and then using the extra horsepower of the PS5 to push it further. I would be inclined <laughs> to believe it's the latter. Yeah, I'm not. that's not yeah. something I know anything about. I would think so. But we don't know because yeah. we're not familiar yeah, with I, the development get, process. For me, I kind of, and I'm sure this doesn't surprise anyone, I kind of disagree with almost everything he's saying. But like specifically that, to me is like the game is $60 on PS4 because it's been an entire generation of PS4 games being $60. That is the price for PS4 games. And you're not going to, at the end of the generation, raise the price arbitrarily. Prices on PS5 are $69.99. That is why it's $69.99. It's Sony trying to... Believe Sony and other company. <laughs> well, they're, they're trying to uh, they're trying to set a standard, and the standard on PS5 is seventy. 
the standard on PS4 is 60. So why would they charge you 70 on PS5 to keep it consistent? Yeah. And why would yeah, they charge you I mean, 60 on PS4? You know what I'm trying to say. I switched them Yeah, I don't completely disagree with his thoughts on that, though. Realistically, if Sony were to come out and say, listen, we're still going to support PS4 with Horizon, uh, Gran Turismo, and God of War. Yeah. But because they're $70 games on PS5, by opening it up enough and giving you the ability to still play it on old hardware if you've chosen not to come up right. yet, you will pay a premium. I don't yeah. think that would actually be that crazy. Yeah. I I still agree with you that in the, in the spirit of looking at generations, a good time to go about pushing price up is with a new generation. Yeah, uh, And actually a good example of that, I think, was throughout the PS3 time because if I'm not mistaken, God of War 2, uh, I, this is not a mistaken part, God of War 2 is a PS2 game. Mm-hmm. And it came out after the PS3 was already out and PS3 had rose the price from $50 for a new game to 60 So sure. Motorstorm and all these games were $60. God of War came out after the fact on PS2 and still kept its $50 price point despite the fact that it came out when games had moved to a $60 price point. So mm-hmm. in that spirit, I think that this has kind of got a precedent for it. And I think Sony's used Generations as a way to do something and whether or not it's altruistic, it's because clearly it's not. Sony knows that they have the the benefit of some of these other companies who've been wanting to figure out a way to raise the prices. So yeah. if Sony goes, hey, we're going to be the ones that kind of pull the plug and just we're going to do it. We're going to rip the Band-Aid off and we're going to go 70. And now everybody else gets to go, okay, now we're going to also start being 70. I don't think that has to be a bad thing. No, but I also just- think it continues to be that Game Pass muddies the waters of this conversation yeah. because of people wanting stuff for one monthly fee. And I'm not saying they're wrong to do so. I just think that they're different conversations. Yeah, It's also a weird kind of point in general because if if you pay $70 for Horizon, you're just not paying attention. You know? Like, like <laughs> yes. that's really what it is. And if you know you're not paying you're paying sixty dollars for the PS4 version of Gran Turismo, but you still have to pay ten dollars more for the PS4 to to get the PS5 version, you know, the the dual entitlement or whatever it is. So there really is no kind of different prices here, I guess. Well, and, and it, in terms of getting something for free. Yeah. And to at least for me to close off on on his statement too, um, is that it's like what I said last week is that when you become a digital gamer, you are very aware of that this game may be gone in 10 years from your library. You know, you are very much aware of the downsides to being all digital. Hopefully you and, are. <laughs> yeah. And that's the same that goes with being a console gamer is that you are very aware that when new games come out, because this has always been the thing too, is that there could be price increases that go across the board. Look at every generation Nintendo has ever done. It's been a $10 price increase for the most part. Um, and if not a $10, then a $5 price increase. And you are very much aware that games will eventually become more expensive with the more powerful they get. It's the same of that when you go into PC of I can play Overwatch at 1080p at 60 frames per second with this graphics card. And if I upgrade my graphics card, I can now play it at 4K 60 at no additional cost. It's a benefit that is all gets weighed out when you make these choices. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, yeah. So to clarify there, that's the difference for Rude Day's statement, right? 
that's not the PC giving you an upgrade for free. That's the PC version of the game being initially programmed to yeah. be able to support something you may do in the future. Right. So if you buy a game right now and you really only run a 1080p monitor and you have a very good 1080p graphics card, the game still supports 4K. So just because you later go off and buy a 4K monitor and buy a 4K GPU does not mean that because now you can actually flick the game over into 4K that the game has done anything. No work had to be done because that was in the initial work. And to be fair, we don't know if that's like that for games that are on console. We don't know if a developer can flip a switch and make it, you know, upgradable um, or run better. That's what Xbox is going for. They wanted to have scalability yeah. that PC offers basically just built into the console. Right. Um, but to finish off with his statement, he goes on to answer the question again or to answer the second part of the question. And he says, as far as how Sony handled Horizon, good for going back on what you already said previously, I guess, but you never should have put yourself in that position to begin with. That's just bad PR. That's absolutely right. I think we could all agree on that, that, with the way that they came out is with the whole generations thing. And then now having to kind of go back on that because of that initial statement and because of the initial statement that was made about upgrade paths, it is bad PR. Um, but I think that that bad PR doesn't mean anything in the long run. I think it's just going to be something people will forget about. It's a flash in the pan. Yeah. And as much as we're all talking about it right now and to uh, actually, I'd even argue that if we weren't doing the community's take right now, because of Sony's showcase, this would already be a moot point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I know that sounds bad, but that's really the the consumer mindset for the most part is not because and it, I know because I'm one of the people of you have so much going on in your life and so much more to worry about that you just like you're like, you know what? I hear I am upset about this one thing for this time period, which they've gone back and fixed. And now since they've done that. They were, and we have this cool showcase where they showed, hey, even though we did that last week, this week we did this. What do you think of all this cool stuff? Your consumer side that's just excited to have something new coming kind of washes that old thing out. It happens in all sorts of things. Sometimes it doesn't, and you get lucky, like when Final Fantasy Eleven Online pretty much ended up, or not eleven, fourteen, had to go all the way back to the the you know developing situation to come back and be a big great game. Um, but that's not always the case. Yeah, you know, uh, the Snow Jedi on Discord, Jason, he says, depending on the level of work done in the upgrade, I don't have an issue paying a small upgrade fee. <clears throat> I wouldn't be buying a PS4 title now and upgrading though, which that's also a thing that people like. You could put yourself in if you want to. Is that if you plan on getting a PS5, you can buy the game and play it now on PlayStation Four, knowing you're going to upgrade it later, or you could just wait. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. that's it's. It gets into the, the almost the muddy waters of you kind of put yourself in this situation, so you yeah. don't really have right to to criticize or complain, um, <clears throat> right? So, yeah. I have a I have a question. I'd be curious to hear you guys take okay. that's on this, and then the community can answer if they want. If Sony said PS5 version is seventy nine or sixty nine ninety nine comes with the PS4 version. You buy that, you get the PS4 version. But they said the PS4 version is fifty nine ninety nine, and you do not get the PS5 version. Is that fine? That seems completely reasonable to me. It does. It's more reasonable than what they had. I that do agree that, there. It is yeah. kind of what it they does, had, right? Only you because, buy this uh, well, version. No, and you it get was the eighty. PS4 it was eighty. It was actually oh, more than a normal PS4, yeah. a PS5 game. It was sure. 80. That's why I think uh, my initial thing was why would you even go that next level up? If they said that dual entitlement, well, okay, good example is I, I'm pretty sure, and correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, Chris, because you may have actually bought it, or both of you might have. I don't know. Um, 
you were talking about other developers who have done things that aren't smart delivery based. And one of those examples, if I'm not mistaken, is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold, Cold War. Yep. I did Whenever that. that game came out, the way that they went about doing it is that if you wanted to be able to have the next gen upgrade in it, you spent $10 more and basically had to buy mm-hmm. the PS5 version. Yes. And it gave you both, mm-hmm. which I do think is a closer answer. I still prefer personally if there's a way to buy the game for the normal base $50 price or $59 price and then come later, four years later, whatever it be, and go, you know what? I do want to play the PS5 version of that game. Let me throw a quick $10 at it. Now, Chris, to your point, I get that that's not the most. Like, I think if their initial answer would have been you buy the PS5 version and basically you get both, I don't think that the outcry would have been as much as it was except for the the, the statement about it being a free upgrade. I think that that muddied the waters a lot too. Well, and I think having both options on the table is open because sometimes, you know, let's say you have a PS4, right? And you're kind of a casual gamer and you buy Call of Duty, you know, Vanguard on PlayStation 4 because you don't ever have an intention of getting a PS5. Well, maybe that changes in two years and you get a PS5 and you're like, I kind of want to go back and play Call of Duty Vanguard's campaign. Lord knows why. But they offer a $10 upgrade to be able to do so on your PlayStation 5 at 4K, 60 or whatever, you know, all the bells and whistles. It gives you that option of like, I guess at this point I'll pay $10, which technically in this situation is way outdated. But I I think that with what Chris said, though, if they offered both versions of the game at 70, that would be phenomenal just because let's say I have a PlayStation 5 or I do have a PlayStation 5 sitting right here, right? And let's say I get horizon right here and i'm playing it and let's say if i want to go in the living room and hang out with the wife and i want to play it in there on the playstation 4 i own both copies because mm-hmm. technically right now if i have the demon souls to have come out or any other ps5 game that's also cross-gen right now if i bought the ps5 version i don't own the ps4 version right yeah so no you don't in those weird and, scenarios know, where it's like you might want them in different systems or something because some people have weird setups where they do that kind of stuff at yeah so to Chris's point, that was what made it interesting is that if you were a PS5 owner who wanted to play on PS4, which again, there's very few situations as to where I think you would really want to do that. But then let's say that there is one that does. I thought the weird thing about that was that I expected the solution, Chris, to be you buy the PS5 version. And then when I saw that it was instead that if you want to be, even if you own PS5 and want the flexibility to play on a PS4, you have to, you have to spend 10 more dollars, 80. I thought that I, just sounded odd. I don't know, uh, but, man. I, you know. We don't have to go on too much about this. I just don't understand the logic of I deserve a different version of the game because I bought a different version of the game already. I understand it in terms of like this makes me feel warm and fuzzy, but like when I just look at it, I don't understand how people are like I'm owed this. It doesn't. Okay, Chris, make sense can I can I give you something that kind of makes a little more sense as to why where I'm coming from at least in it? It might make it a little make more sense to you. I, is a good example here is that this is a game that's being developed realistically with one team and then a, a mm-hmm. small group that's looking at pushing the PS5 side of it. That's why I think this small team and what they're doing over here to push the PS5 things, the $10 should be going towards funding that part of the game is the way I feel. Now, there are times, these is, this is a really old example, so just follow me for a second. I'm here. The Star Wars The Force Unleashed is a game that came out at a point in time where they wanted to put those games out on every platform that they could. So that game came out on PS2, 
came out on 360, came out on PS3, it came out on PSP, and I think it came out on Wii. And here's mm-hmm. the different thing about all those is that those weren't all individual ports. Instead, what actually happened is that the PS2 version was a completely bespoke version developed from the ground up and just looking at their story and stuff that actually had a few different mechanics and limitations that just couldn't do that the PS3 could. Okay. PSP version was the same. It was a bespoke version of its own that leaned into more of what the PSP could do. The 360 and PS3 version were the same games, just ported the two consoles. Sure. So if, you know, in that console situation, if I was saying, well, I bought the PS3 version, why don't I get the PSP version? I think it's a harder thing to go okay. right there because it okay. was a completely different developed team making a game from the ground up for a completely well, different architecture. Okay. So then I, I, fair. So then why, why aren't you entitled to the PC and Xbox version of a cross gen game? What's the I also, that, that's a that's a fair argument. Yeah, it doesn't. You're not entitled to a different version of the well, game. Do you really know the answer to that? Because yeah, because they're was, different. Pub, they're different. Pub, they're no. different. Well, yes, but really, the answer to that is because there's no way that Steam or whatever PC store it's on and Xbox would want that because now yeah, you don't got to exactly. go buy and they don't get their piece of the pie. That's right. really what it is. But, but when somebody's just, already getting your piece of the pie in this particular example and then getting a little bit more with that ten dollar fee yeah. down the line, I think it's. <sighs> I think that that's what makes it a moot point. They're already getting their 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 dish. It's their game to begin with. It's and not selling a moot it on their point, though, because we're mad at a publisher for making a decision as a publisher when the publisher of tales uh, when Nam- namco bandai could give me a code for each version of the game because i bought the ps5 version they're not doing it it's the same argument they're not doing it because the cons- the platform holders legitimately wouldn't let them right so i guess your but, argument here is that sony won't let themselves do something that yeah. doesn't really matter you know if anything if, if they I, get a chance at getting a ten dollar upgrade later whereas if i bought the ps4 version today and like saul was saying five years from now you're like let me play call of duty vanguard for whatever reason or let I, me let, let's actually use horizon let's keep on the same game yeah. i want to play this game on ps5 five years from now because i just want to the chances of me doing that because I get to spend ten dollars to do that versus me having to go wait, I gotta go buy the game again for PS5 for fifty bucks. I just wouldn't do it. Right. So I guess, it's more likely they're gonna get more of my money if they give me a ten dollar upgrade pass. Sure. I, I guess I, I don't know. It's like when me and you and Blake had this conversation, I kept having to feel like I needed to say that like I'm not trying to like suck Sony's dick or be a bootlicker or whatever. But I think when we have these conversations, there's a certain level of you need to Look think at the as, business. Just, yeah. And yeah. You I know, I understand being upset and like, okay, this sucks, but acting like you're entitled to another version of a game is what sets you up for failure. And I know we'll have the same conversation when we talk about the showcase, because I have a feeling already about the way the conversation goes, because it's the tenor of everything else. And I don't, you, we have to start looking at this stuff as these companies don't work for me. I have to accept this stuff. And you have to accept that the PS5 SKU is different than the PS4 SKU. Even if it was one dude running on a hamster wheel that happened to get it going, it's a different version. And until we until we as gamers start accepting that these companies are not doing things to help us, we're going to keep getting upset about stupid stuff well, like the versions cost different. And they're different versions. And it's nice that they offer an upgrade fee. But I don't even think a $20 upgrade fee is unreasonable for a brand new game, which is the difference between Director's Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut or Death Stranding Director's Cut. Those are old games. So I'm going to move over to Twitter to, uh, to answer some more. But to close out with what Chris is saying, Brett, is very similar to what we and him said last week, is you have to set expectations to what you're doing. 
And as long as those expectations are set, you end up having nobody to blame but yourself if those expectations go wrong. And I think yes. at the end of the day, it's if you think you're going to get a $70 game for the price of a $60 game and vice versa with no issues, and you think that because of that, that if I, oh, if I buy a PlayStation, then I'm going to get this and this and this, or if I buy mm-hmm. this on PlayStation 4, I'm going to get this for free. If you start thinking that, you're more likely to be upset. That doesn't mean that you can't have the opinion that you don't like it, but it's exactly. at, that, at that point, it's about yeah. being upset. Yeah, um, and just to clarify too on all this, right? I don't, I'm not upset. I'm buying the PS5 right. version. This literally does this not doesn't affect me either. I'm not at upset all. at uh, either. So from looking at this, Chris, I would even argue this isn't me being upset. I'm actually not upset about it mm-hmm. at all. What I'm looking at it is kind of what I talked about too, where this kind of goes back to the idea of the pricing behind Skyrim, right? And that you look at what the industry as a whole does. And to some degree, you are informed by the industry. And that that's why you, you had a good example with Call of Duty where I'm not... You may know the answer to this. I'm not sure. It's a ten dollar uh, upgrade for you. The sixty nine ninety nine gets you both. Okay, I know that, but that's only oh, gotcha. at first. Is if you buy Call of Duty on PS4, just the sixty dollar version, can you later spend ten dollars to go up to the other one? I don't think so because I, I had a PS4 version I brought from my brother and didn't and you, play it because of that. Okay, so that that shows an example of kind of like Skyrim where there are people in the industry doing that. But there's also people in the industry contextually doing the same thing. So I'm looking at it from a business standpoint too, and that's why I even offered the thing of I think that you have a higher chance of getting more money down the line from people who want to double dip their toes in from saying you can double dip for $10 that, will, that we're far more likely to get from you than you can double dip for $40, $70, whatever it is. So I, I, I would argue... Sometimes there are things that I'm just personally upset about. Like, right, I was yeah. personally upset that RuneScape JGX uh, denied original uh, initially less than a week ago an HD patch or an HD version that ran on top of their client that followed all of their current guidelines and that they knew about for two years. Suddenly, shut it down the day it was supposed to release. Um, I went and I canceled my sub, went and did the uh, riot that we were doing or the protest and Fally in the game, and they went back on it. That's awesome. I was upset about that. But I understand at the end of the day, they're they're looking at business decisions. I just didn't agree with the way they went about showing those business decisions of waiting for two years of someone spending 2,000 hours developing something and then saying, no, you can't do it, even though they were intimately aware of it. Now, in this situation, this is more of me just looking and saying, I think the business way, kind of like I told you there, is that you're actually going to garner more business and be able to do things that are going to keep you in better place with people while still being more likely to get people to double dip and get more money out of them. If you play this game of chess, not of setting expectations, but playing into sort of what the industry is doing while also dominating your own stuff here. So you can dominate with Horizon as a big game and get it coming out. You can also end up offering this $10 pass so that people like you and are more willing to stay loyal to you so that down the line they keep continuing to buy your stuff. So I think it's, like I mentioned to you, it's a short-term gain versus a long-term gain thing. And there's got to be a blend of those. I don't think it should just be one or the other. Okay. So we'll move on to Twitter now. Uh, we have three on Twitter, and they're all – actually, two of them are pretty pretty similar. Um, Stuntman Blake, a.k.a. Hipster Blake, as Chris called him earlier, um, <laughs> he says, 10 bucks is absolutely fair. Of course, it would be nice if they took the Xbox approach and just included it, but 10 bucks is worth the upgrades, in my opinion. Glad they, of course, corrected their major F-up. Frick up. This is a PG podcast. Um 
Will Rodriguez. Not for Chris. <laughs> Will Rodriguez also <laughs> says 10 bucks for an upgrade is fair. The way I see it is that if I buy a game on PlayStation 4, I should be able to upgrade for $10 whenever I decide to. I shouldn't have to buy the game twice. And then the third and final comment is most in line with, I think, all three of us is all I ever cared. Oh, this is Shafe Dog, too. Uh, another one of our Discord buddies and Twitter pals. He says, all I ever cared about was them picking one method and just being consistent. I don't care if I have to pay, though it doesn't really affect me since I no longer uh, have a PS4. I think we all have PS4s, but we're just mainly, we all have PS5s is what I mean by that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I think that the, the through line, at least I know for the majority of us, is consistency. I don't know. Chris doesn't yeah. seem to care as much about the consistency, which is fair if you don't. Uh, but I think most people exist in that standpoint of, Pick a lane and follow it. Yeah, I think that's I think, what most people want. I think in this example specifically, I'm not. I don't care about the inconsistencies because they told you up front. It's not like they waited until agree. launch and were like, "Oh, ha ha!" It's like they told you four months or whatever, however many. I can't do math early. I will yeah. say this is the only thing I want to say on this topic, and then we can move on. I find it. I find the apps the argument that five years down the line, I should be able to go spend ten dollars on a different version of the game. Absolutely abhorrently ridiculous that is five <laughs> years down the line if you were going to tell me you have a you have a six month or a even a year window for this to be valid fine five years down the line is ridiculous oh yeah that that's even so, better so the that, five is years entire, was just <laughs> that is an entire console generation, console generation. and you want to sit here and tell me i bought the ps4 version five years ago and now i want to upgrade what that yeah. is a terrible Again, argument. That agree. is a straw man, and it, it does not work. That is insane. So, yeah. So I don't think it's a straw man. That was just I, a it was the wrong word. Example. I couldn't think of the right word for so it. So I will say that yeah, if their solution was you have a a, a twelve month or a twenty four month window to activate this ten dollar upgrade yeah. fee and then you forfeit it, fine. Uh, but it was more of even then, right? Let's let's even go the five year argument from a business <laughs> standpoint. While Saul's gone. Let's look at this from. Yeah, he's not enjoying this one. <laughs> <laughs> from, well, looking at this from a standpoint of, do oh, I even five years? Hey, it's Evie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> looking at this from the standpoint of five years down, people who already bought this game, here we are. All right. Do I would I rather five years down make ten dollars from a million people? Or let's put whatever number on it. Ten dollars from twenty thousand people who want to suddenly upgrade their thing that year and get that money out of them, or make zero money from them because now five years later they might want to replay it and they go, "I got to pay forty dollars to replay it, and I'm good." Sure, that's you zero see. money down the road, or a little bit of ten. So that's why I say again, from a business decision, I actually think giving people the ability to spend more money towards you easier is only going to get you more money spent easier yeah. it's basically that idea of the cheap things they put at the checkout line of like but look at this they could literally be buying anything and i would even be if i was a playstation i'd have it to like when you're in your checkout it'd be like we noticed that you have horizon zero dawn but you've only got the ps4 version and our system shows you're on ps5 if you want to spend 10 bucks you could bump that up real quick to a ps5 version dude get that extra sale upsell 5,000 people by spending $70 is more valuable than 20,000 spending 10. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's assuming that 5,000 do it, but yeah, it's also, it's a bunch of assumptions, you know, yes. let's just, yeah, 
Uh, so let's go real quick because we got none off of Facebook. I want to show them a little love. Josh Harris, one of our patrons, he says, I don't care about up- upgrade paths. I use them now only for trophies. So whatever a game is, is good enough. I'd buy it twice without a second thought if it's a good enough game. Facts. So it goes after you here. Uh, Going to do one more real quick. Let's see. Donovan Williams. He says, I think they should have a standard charge across the board or leave it to the individual studio. So the responsibility just isn't even on Sony. Uh, although that would imply that first party studios would have to decide their own pricing, which I don't know they would be okay with. That would be interesting. If Sony's own internal studios are like, our game on PS4 is 50, it was, it's 60 with a $10 upgrade fee. And the others are like, nah, <laughs> we just say no. <laughs> <laughs> I looked. I looked. I looked away at adjusting my volume, and I looked back, and and Chris got kidnapped from his sex dungeon. Yeah, Chris did get kidnapped from his sex dungeon. It's okay though, because uh, if you get kidnapped in a sex dungeon, it can only be for good things, right? You would hope so. Well, uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we could go ahead and move into the main topic of the show, which of course everybody should know at this point is the September 9th Sony showcase PlayStation showcase we had I, I keep calling it a Sony showcase but uh, mm-hmm. and it's probably you didn't know Sony's all PlayStation these days I mean are we wrong like TVs and, and that's not that yeah, wrong and no. cameras is, is and audio yeah. and the majority of their money still comes in from PlayStation yeah. the overwhelming majority so to Chris's point wanting to make sure that you're making as much money as you can from your cash cow uh, yeah you might as well do the thing that. about Sony too though is <laughs> Um, they, it seems that everything they do business in cameras, audio and consoles on top of TVs, they're almost always fantastic in all regards. I can't speak for TVs, but like their cameras are really, really good and their audio is really, really good. Like, and their consoles obviously work really well. So yeah. Yeah, I got you. Uh, well, look, we're going to do basically a quick recap and kind of touch base on all the things that we did and or didn't care about or didn't like at all from the showcase. So kind of a quick go through each one, I think, in, in order of how it happened. The first thing that the, the showcase started off with was Star Wars KOTOR remake uh, in terms of a real announcement. How you guys feeling about Loved that? Loved it. Hell yeah, brother. I am super pumped. So this one's interesting. It's it's from Aspire, who's our Aspire, whatever, who's been making a bunch of these games coming over, and of course Lucasfilm Games. The weird thing is EA did the original one, but they seem to have zero involvement here, which is mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Um, couple of things. It is PS5 console exclusive at launch, so it will come to PC, but it will be console exclusive for some set amount of time. Not clear. Uh, no release window was given, so this is probably a lot like Dead Space Remake, where we're seeing something announced at a pretty early stage. I'm excited for it. My hope in the long run is that they find ways to take what makes KOTOR great, which is its story and its characters and its RPG mechanics specifically, and change the things that make that game a slog to play today because they just are. Yeah, they are. I, I, <laughs> I've tried replaying it on Xbox and PC, and I, I, I'm one of those people that I actually like the second one a little bit better than the first one. I do too. Um, I do too. But yeah, that game is just... It's it's so weirdly controlled to what I'm used to now. It's kind of like what Liam said about third person action games. It's, it's just it's hard to play. But it I is, am yeah. I am heavily looking third forward to it. Third person action has come so far. Yeah, uh, I know Chris and Chris was talking about uh the, it would be really cool if they could get to a point and it sounds like it's where they're going to go. More action. Uh kind of looking at a way to up the speed of the gameplay cuz it's very slow. But that looks awesome. I think it's a big get. One of the through lines I think you'll see in this is that when it's a partnership from Sony, it looks like it's always Sony finding a way to supplement where they lack in their own first party. So their first party right now, be it because of Sony's thumb, I really doubt it is being like, no, you can only make action 
you know, third person action adventure games. It looks like they're coming down and that's what their first parties want to do. Great. We're going to go out and we're going to spend some money to make sure we get a Western RPG exclusive for some period of time. Um, next game shown was Project Eve, which is from a developer called Shift Up. This a game was apparently a, a re- revealed like 2019, 2020 at some point. Um, it's an action game, maybe an RPG. It looks like it's more action oriented. Uh, originally announced multiplat, so even though it was shown with a focus on PlayStation, it's probably still <clears throat> going to be multiplat. No release window on that either. Uh, Chris, how'd you like that one? Um, I really liked it when I thought it was a Parasite Eve game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that in the Discord you were like, cool to see Parasite Eve coming back just to completely back up. Here's the thing. I thought so too, but I yeah. thought not seeing Square ahead of it was weird. But then when it said yeah. that the whatever the studio, it wasn't Shift Up, but it was some other thing where it was like Eve something. I was like, <gasps> Parasite Eve? Well, like, I also got hyped because I saw, I think like five minutes before that I had put in the Discord that I hoped Parasite Eve was coming Eve back as back. a joke. And then yeah. the second game was called Project Eve. And I was like, oh, I'm so sick. <laughs> I am the best. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, it still looks good. I'm excited for it. But yeah. And th- you know, this actually, the thing that's interesting about that is that that kind of speaks to what people have talked about where. Square have gotten to a point where I think Saul and I talked about this at work the other day. Square are kind of at a point where most of their games are a little samey right now. Doesn't mean anything bad, but I think people want Square to get back to that point of where they were when it was still Square Soft when you had weird games like Parasite Eve coming. Yeah, you know, absolutely. This game looks phenomenal though. This looks like really like like everybody keeps saying Devil May Cry and Near, and that's just because everybody simultaneously thought that at the exact same time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought near not only from the world and the weird voiceover that was kind of like, uh, yeah, you know, like okay, whatever. This, is, and then suddenly the music flared yep. up, and I was like, bro, that's kind of near vibes. What's going they on? They hit the here? nail on the head. I was like, okay, this is interesting. It's a very overly sexual female character fighting this weird space alien. <laughs> this is kind of near. Yeah. Well, you get those bayonetta vibes yeah, too, right? So I think too. what it was was Platinum Games came to right, mind, even though it's not Platinum. Well, then games. and then it like focused onto the world, and the world was like kind of run down like near. And I'm like, you know, that kind of does look like near, and then the music i'm like yeah this is this is uh, this game looks amazing yeah uh next thing up i think they showed was tiny tina's wonderland which i think is a spinoff standalone game uh coming from gearbox of course it's a borderland spinoff if you don't know who tiny tina is um i asked chris because i knew this game was had been talked about but this is the first i saw it so in the chat i was like so borderlands basically as a D campaign and that's exactly what it is <laughs> it's entirely, uh, yeah. so i will say i am far more drawn to the style of this than i normally am of borderlands because of all the high fantasy stuff that's kind of being mixed in with it mm-hmm. uh i don't know if i'm gonna play it yet or not no or it's coming what march of next year i think is what yeah. it was yeah uh, so. so yeah that's gonna be really interesting to see i think it looks cool uh chris had mentioned that it matches kind of what they did with borderlands mm-hmm. 2 dlc yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but what, yeah, it's, uh, it's DLC. Borderlands 2 DLC. Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Oh, yeah. I, think. yeah. Um, I don't think I ever played that. It's good. That's probably the only DLC I enjoyed from them, personally. <laughs> the only one? Well, and, yeah. and see, the, the this trailer excited me so much because Borderlands has a really good knack with inside jokes. And not only inside jokes, but like Easter eggs with these inside jokes. So, um, like, like playing Borderlands three yesterday within the first 10 minutes, I caught a dark Knight reference. Like, and I knew that's where it's from because of the way it was said. 
And honestly, if this is true, like D&D, like there's, you know, true D&D monsters and lore in this, that's going to be really cool because they're going to do it really well done, I think. Mm -hmm. I I hope so. so. It looks cool. I don't know. I I fell off of Borderlands 3 so hard that I'm really hesitant to want to be like, this looks cool. Let me play it. But I also don't want to be jaded to Borderlands as a whole just because... I haven't really cared much for the last two. So we'll see. Uh, next thing up, though, they fi- we finally got to see a real in-depth look at Forspoken, which honestly surprised me. So that's Square Enix, of course, action RPG coming out of them. Uh, PS5 console exclusive, if for some reason you didn't know, originally started as Project Athia, and it's coming spring 22. Now, what mm-hmm. caught me here is I didn't expect from all the things they showed for it to be taking place both in, I think it was New York City. Yeah. And then this fantasy world of Athia, and it sounds like the game is going to actually take place between both of them. So she it's like she's going to be going in and out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be interesting. I don't know uh, how I feel about it as a whole because there's more to be seen. But I've gone from being like F square for showing Project Athia <laughs> because I don't trust them to this sounds interesting and has a name. So hopefully that bodes well to now seeing it as a pretty good thing. I hope this is not Square doing what they did with some of their other games where they show, 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 and then go dead silent and act like it's coming soon and then it doesn't. Yeah. If this really does hit spring 2022, Square will be one step closer towards redeeming It's absolutely not going to. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm going to give this a May, like a May date. It's going to be spring, and they're going to announce March, and then it's going to get – or no, I'm going to announce April, and it's going to get pushed to July. I'm going to call it now. Okay. Look, if it comes out in, in the first half of next year, that's pretty amazing. That's yeah. 18 months from being shown As to a being project. released. That's, that's, what, and yeah. that's why I put, technically and, rounded up, put it in the second half of the year. And even then, I would argue a, I would argue if it comes out within realistically a year, more or less, of, uh, of the console coming out and really being out and about, that's pretty good because mm-hmm. it being shown as early as it did was partially because it's part of a, hey, new console generation. We do want to show stuff that's coming. Yeah. So you get a little more months of window out of there, but... Yeah, if it can come out um, 18 months from start of the thing, that's pretty good. I do have Man, one thing. Get out of here. I do have. <laughs> I guess I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> Got invaded, boys. Oh, no. Um, I think the only thing I took away from this game is that the writing seems awful. And that looking at this game and looking at God of War. Yeah. If you don't think God of War is being held back by being on PS4, go watch the trailers again. Yeah, the, the, the writing is not the greatest, and it definitely does not look like a next-generation game, except except in the environments. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think, it, I think yeah, if you compare models, the two... Yeah, I think character models did a little work, but the, yeah. the environment is gorgeous. Holy yeah. crap. And the draw... Which, here's the thing. Lumina is a pretty engine. There are parts of Final Fantasy 15 that are really there pretty. is like don't mm-hmm. don't get me wrong my my not hatred but my dislike for that game doesn't mean that it is not beautiful. Yeah. Um but with that being said, I don't know how I feel about the writing yet. I don't feel like we got quite enough for me to be confident in it. It's definitely trying to be a little more edgy, which doesn't have to be a bad thing. I don't know yet. Uh but what's interesting is the writers here are Amy Hennig and Gary yeah. Witta. And I like both of them, so but it just I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear you talk anymore. <laughs> yeah, I see. I don't know if it's just because it's out of context of the full game, if there's a way that it maybe works better. But it was odd. Not off-putting for me, totally, but a little like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Maybe it was just the way the trailer was cut. Hard to say. I think it might have been that. but Yeah, yeah we'll see. Because I think both of them have 
good track records for great writing. So mm-hmm. well, it sounds hard to believe that the game would be badly written. Yeah. Gary, <laughs> Gary Widow wrote the best Star Wars movie. So Rogue yep, One. Absolutely. Sure uh, I thought uh, I was going to get pushback on that. <laughs> no. <that's, laughs> Look, I think Rogue One's great. I actually, yeah. my favorite Star Wars Revenge movie, I, don't, I can't say it's the best. My favorite is yeah, Revenge of the that's absolutely the best. Unironically. Mm. I love that movie. I think it's that's really good. Empire. Um, Empire second or second. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think I like um, Force Awakens better than. <laughs> so, what does everyone think about Rainbow Six Extraction coming out January twenty twenty two? It looks interesting just because it's, it, it's such a departure from what the majority of the series has Can I been. Be on your movie where podcast? it's like very grounded, and now it looks like yes. we're playing something crazy. But yeah, <laughs> it's not. It doesn't move the needle for me. I don't really care about no. that game. So. <laughs> yeah no i was good on that one i i I actually um i actually went outside to smoke a bowl during that trailer (laughs) i thought i was like that's rainbow six i'm gonna take a minute (laughs) oh boy you just knew you're like wait what (laughs) well i was watching it on my tv right so we'll get it in the full 4k and i'm like this is rainbow six so i put it on my phone went outside once it ended i came back in <laughs> I got you. All right, uh, so that's done. That's out. It doesn't mean much to me. I'm sure there are people that are excited about it. It looks yeah. cooler than normal Rainbow Six does to me, but that still doesn't really move the needle for me. Right. Yeah. Uh, next thing up, I'm actually excited about because I've never played it. Alan Wake Remastered, which of course got leaked earlier or whatever. I think it got leaked and then just revealed because it got leaked. Um, looks awesome. Remedy, of course. I love them. Uh, you know, I always thought this game was. I don't. I never thought it was survival horror. But I didn't really think about it being like action thriller, which is the more I look into it and the more I see from it is really what it looks like. Um, kind of Twin Peaks vibes, you know, to a degree. Uh, so that's October 5th. That's coming really soon. And also the price for that is fantastic. I think it's 30 bucks. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a good game. <laughs> yeah. if, if you've never played it, I highly recommend playing it. Yeah. I'm excited for it. So that's coming really soon. Uh, the slog of the show. And honestly, it... It's not even anything more than it looks zero different to me. Yeah, it really doesn't look different. Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> I said, wait, okay, this is the PS5 version um, coming March. Which, <coughs> if, if anything, I'm surprised how far off that game is. Yeah, I almost like, wonder- and for it to look the way it did. What yeah. is what is taking what a year and a half from when it was first announced? It said gameplay enhancements. Like what kind? Because you didn't show any that I could tell. Yeah. Like, my that's theory, what I'm trying to figure out. My theory, and I know I'm insane, is that there's going to be single player DLC on this, and they're not ready to show it. Ooh, that's, that's, my, that's the only theory I can think that would make this make sense. The, the Chiliad, Mount Chiliad mystery finally being solved in game, something like that. Yeah, because there's no. Well, I think they solved that in Red Dead too, if I'm not mistaken. Did they? What? No, I did not. Yeah, know. I, I, I could be making that up, but I think I heard that. Either way, my, my I just don't think. I don't see why they wouldn't just do a simple port because well, yeah, I, it, people would pay 70 for that or which, for a simple port with if, 4K. If, you, if you want me to be inconsistent, this game absolutely should be free. It's a PS3 game. <laughs> this is Wait, a free cr- upgrade. Cr- that's hey, hey, free. hey, hey, though, no, this is a different version. You're absolutely hey, crazy. This, if you expect actually, a PS5 version for free, I, you're not. I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong. I'm saying it absolutely should be free. That's an eight year old game or however much. Does this game actually What's have up? an upgrade cost? Or is it free if uh, you own Grand Theft Auto 5? I, I, I don't I think, know. I'm it's unclear, sure and Sony talked free. about online going free be. and okay. being included with PS4. I remember something was up with it. Dude, if they, here's the thing. Chris, 
we all know they can absolutely charge seventy dollars for well, they, this, and it would still it would still to. top the charts it, every it, month. It, it should be does. free, and I'll buy it at launch for seventy. Still, but it should be free. It's still in the top five <laughs> monthly sellers every single month. I don't think that's what I'm saying. They could put this out of seventy and do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It's matter. crazy. Uh, either way, I have zero care about that. But here's the thing: if I'm ever going to play the game, it's pr- it's going to be on PS5. But I don't know. Like Chris was talking about with Red Dead, I don't. I think that Rockstar's third-person shooting is so rough and not fun. But I don't know. I know they ha- I know they put first-person in, and I played first-person Red Dead the whole time. So there might be a salvageable way to do. I this. was not a fan I don't of first-person controls in Grand Theft Auto Five, but that's me. I don't like it either. Ah, that sucks <laughs> because. I don't, I don't think I would have kept playing Red Dead if it wasn't for first person. I'm being dead honest with you. Well, Red Dead's bad. GTA 5 is not. Mm, okay. I, I, just, GTA, I, haven't, I haven't beat GTA 5, so I don't know. I'm very much someone like, if I can see my character, I want to. You know? uh, yeah. I don't know. The game just felt... It, it, it's, it's a testament to how bad I think their third person shooting is. <laughs> it felt better to me, and that was enough to make me go, okay, yeah, I'm just going to do that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. I rode horseback on in third person because you could actually tell the game to do that. Really? Uh, I didn't yeah, know you that. could you could be in first person until you get on the horse. And that's the thing with Hurt. GTA Five that sucks is the FOV is so tiny when you're in a car. It's like hard. Oh God. Yeah, first person in a car. I'd want the same thing. Switch to third yeah. person view in a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree there. All right, uh, let's see. Next thing up, Ghostwire Tokyo got shown again. Uh, again, that's a first person action adventure game here. PS5 console exclusive at launch. Here's the weird thing: it got delayed again. I would have thought this is where we would have gotten the date. Yeah, but instead yeah, we just got 2022, which is going to come up in something else later about being surprised of getting zero date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that looks great. I'm still really hyped for it. Uh, it's probably good to not have it come out too close to Deathloop, so it's probably better that they pushed it back because they are somewhat similar style of games. Yeah, I think it looks great. I'm just waiting to see because it, it's like um, Tales of Arise. I, I want to play that game. I'm just not buying it at launch right now. So Yeah. I would probably be on it if it wasn't for Fist and Deathloop. Yeah. Interesting. I would, I'd probably be paying Tales right now. I mean, yeah, you don't have much barrier of entry there, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But I would have, um, I would have honestly bought it if, if it wasn't for Fist, because I'm trying to do better. Well, and then of course you bought it before me. Yeah. But I'm trying to do better about not playing, not buying games until I know I'm going to play them. Yeah, I wish I was like that. I still have. Sometimes I'm keeping you in mind, right? There's games <laughs> I'm buying sometimes where I'm like, Chris will end up getting to try that, even if I don't play it day one. It's me paying you back for all the games I get to play for free. You know <laughs> what I mean? That. Yeah, no, that's why I'm sure. like, hey, I'm gonna buy Fist, and you're like, I don't care about it at all. And then you're like, actually, Fist is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's so, good surprise. It works out. Um, all right, next thing on the list, I know is something that Chris is excited about, and that's Guardians of the Galaxy. Apparently, um, I'm the only one in the world excited for this game. <laughs> here's the thing: I think that Avengers did such a disservice to Square Enix handling of Marvel properties yes. that people don't trust it. That's all it comes down to. I don't think this has anything to do with it being Eidos or Eidos, however you say that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just that people are like, Avengers wasn't it, so I don't think that you're going to do it. But it's a different team. I think you at least yeah. got to give this different team the chance to prove their own worth, right? If we're excited about Wolverine, sight unseen, I think we be- can call be excited about another studio trying something. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think you should. To be fair, I, the only reason I'm not hyped about this game and I'm cautiously optimistic about it is because of the way the trailers have been cut. It seems like they're doing, they're, the jokes are not exactly 
being told, I think, in the way they could be because of the editing of these trailers. So I'm almost curious if these jokes that they, they're saying in the trailers and just the dialogue is going to be better in the game. Because to me, the dialogue is not the greatest in these trailers. I agree with there. It's similar See, to Forspoken. I, like I, I don't love it or hate it, but it's similar to Forspoken where I felt like there was a couple of moments where I was like, I wonder if that plays better in context of yes. the situation around mm-hmm. it. And I do... Well, I'm just uh, and that, no, that's 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 where I just stand on it. I I think I'm going to end up getting it, especially if it's multiplayer based. But we'll see. Is it? I don't think. I, I don't. I don't, know. Strictly... I, I don't think it's been said. It's not right. That's the only reason I'm I'm not sure. I think I think that it's a single player story based. If, if anything, I think that they got to do that after Avengers. They've got to be like, no, this is us yeah. doing a 100 percent single player story based. I will say uh, I, do, I do have a mini rant on this game because I've been frustrated with this. I'm very tired of the. Oh, I don't like the look of this game because it looks like off-brand nope. movie MCU characters. I hate that. First off, this game doesn't look like that at all. It doesn't. Second off, very happy with the MCU is based off comic books. These people have looks. So you can't, like, I don't know what people expected. Like, it was a big thing around Aven- Avengers where it's like, oh, these look like off-brands. I'm like, no, they look like adaptions of the comic book characters, which is what the movies are and which is what all the other games will be so they're obviously going to look slightly close but like i i remember i was hearing i think it was sacred symbols they were saying like oh well this looks like off-brand chris pratt and i'm like a it doesn't look like anything like chris pratt and no it doesn't at and, all and b yeah. it looks ex- these characters look almost exactly like the comic books i don't know what you want now chris <laughs> I, i'll say this i agree with you on the on the general premise and i think this yeah. game is a good example of how that can work out and i think that there are clear references right like of course it's going to look like peter quill because he wears a red jacket and yeah. has a mask he's a character but i think <laughs> yeah exactly i think the difference here is that i i definitely feel more like when i'm looking at adventures that it's too close but just I barely just missing don't. where i think in this one i did that never approached my mind you know what I mean? Yeah. I this think this is, game has done a better job of it. Is what this I'm really one is much at. less bad than Avengers, but even still, these are established characters. It's such they a are. dumb argument. To well, me. the worst would yeah. be like, oh, Spider-Man has a red suit here too. What are they making off-brand Tom Holland? What are you talking about? <laughs> I honestly think the worst case offender was Marvel vs. Capcom, the newest one, yes. where it looked like a mobile game, like with the with the way they right. designed those characters and not a comic book based, unlike Guardians of the Galaxy, where for those that don't know, I love Chris Pratt in those movies. Those are some of my favorite Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. That was not – he is a re- accurate representation of him as like a human. I'm not a massive fan of, but he works out really yeah, well. He doesn't, he doesn't look like – he doesn't look like Star-Lord, no. realistically. But he, he, he <laughs> I like well. Chris Pratt, yeah. but he does. Yeah, he but plays it well. Those movies are good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but across the board, yeah, I, I am very happy with the way this game looks visually. Dude, like Rocket and Groot look so yeah, good. Yeah. They do. yeah. I and that was that a big argument. thing for me is also how do they handle the non-humanistic looking people? Do they try and go too much towards making them look photorealistic, or do they lean into their style a little bit? And I'm glad to see that they leaned into the style yeah. a little more. Although it would yeah. be funny to have a super realistic raccoon uh, <laughs> with the with the other characters. That would be listen if James Gunn got to redo Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what it would be. He's a real raccoon. Yep. <laughs> just like that. Just like that thing with um, if, if Suicide Squad. Um, yeah, Weasel. Weasel. Yeah. Oh boy, I just rough. think about that scene of Bucky picking up Rocket, but with a real raccoon. <laughs> it's like hissing at him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway please uh, next game is also something that i don't know 
of course I'm somewhat drawn to the, like, you know, the London look of what they chose to do with vampires. Cause that's what everyone does. Mm-hmm. But blood hunt, which is that it, it's the battle Royale free to play vampire masquerade game. Yeah. Bad. I don't think it looks awful, but I also don't think it looks good enough to push back against the majority of the battle Royale market. That's already very crowded. It was definitely yeah. a filler for the event. It was like, you know, this is something we could like add it. extra in. It looks cool. But it, honestly, if this was more so of like a Left 4 Dead game, I would be all over it. But agreed. If it's so, well, I was gonna say if it's Battle Royale, which it is, then I'm I'm if it's free, I'm more than likely to download it to play a couple games of it and be like, this was interesting, and then just not play it again. Let it go. You know what I found the most interesting about it is that this the the Vampire Masquerade uh, franchise is kind of playing both sides right now because they gave the Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines two trailer to Xbox and got crapped all over for it actually uh, because that was at the time where everybody was upset that they were just showing CGI. Oh yeah, Uh, and then now we're seeing the same series, a different game, being shown exclusively at the PlayStation. It doesn't mean they're exclusive games, but it's interesting how they're trying to handle marketing. But I think it kind of missed the mark. I'm not going to say it's going to be a bad game, and I'd love to see it come out and do well, but something about it just, I don't know, it doesn't feel right. And I'm not interested in it. I think that might be part of what it is. It feels less interesting to me than anything. Um, So next thing up, this one, the game looks great, but I don't think we really need to see more of it. it. But your cat in the bag moment, Deathloop got shown again, (laughs) of course, with its launch trailer, and it looks excellent. It does. Mm -hmm. It looks so good. But at the same time, I'm torn because I think you need to show the game because it's coming out. And kind of like we talked about with Ratchet and Clank movie, right? You shouldn't be wanting to put out something that's closely linked to you. This is an exclusive, even if it doesn't come from them, without being like, hey, we're going to show it every chance we can. Yeah, do. that's the thing is it's getting like I'm getting death loop fatigue. So like when I was watching this, uh, I was because I was halfway having to pay attention to it. I just ignored it because and, and I'll get into that at the very last game to talk about. But at this point, I feel like, you know, I'm excited for this game. I don't need anything else to tell me to be more excited for this game. Yeah, but I but I think that that's just because our fingers on the pulse, yeah. right? And I think that makes it l- worse for us. So we get that feeling of we've seen this too many times. But I think most people are probably this is only like their second, maybe third time of seeing it, and this might have been the thing that pushed them to want to play it. Was well, for me, yeah, See? and I've seen it every time. So yeah. here's my what I have to say. This is a great example of why everyone gets upset about PlayStation showcases and overhyped. Because it's what I was saying when we have to be realistic about stuff. And me and Saul kind of had this conversation last week. This has to be here. It does. And the fact that people are like, why did they show Deathloop again? They showed Deathloop again because it comes out. It next comes week. out. But it's a game they have. And yeah. you have, you know, people are sitting here like we're getting Silent Hill. We're getting all this stuff. No, you got a realistic look, a realistic first look at what Sony is doing. Deathloop is one of those things. They're not a. They're not going to give you all their announcements at once. Yep. So if you want a showcase like this, you're going to see Deathloop. You're going to see Alan Wake and GTA Five. You're going to see that too. You're going to yep. see stuff that I could give two shits about, like Chia. Don't care. That's going to be there. We have. If you want to get hyped about an event, you know. I remember watching some live streams and people were very upset for the first half because this is so boring. I'm like, really? Yeah. Boy. I was watching. I was watching that guy MBG and he's whining about it all oh. until Wolverine. And I'm like, what? You're a PlayStation guy. Like you're the, the PlayStation worst. guy. 
<laughs> He's got more followers than us. So you want to come on the show, you can. No. <laughs> I'm joking, by the way. But, yeah. But it's like how you don't have a realistic view of what these things are if you're upset about the beginning of that show. The beginning of that show, A, was had KOTOR in it. So I don't it know what yeah, you're that, talking that, about. That set the stage but, for the rest of it of like the hype level exactly. being up. You know, the middle was the middle had fat, right? You could have trimmed the middle, but then you would have gotten a 20 minute showcase. And it's like, yeah, well, Sony didn't show me nearly enough. You have you can't have it the best of both worlds. There is never going to be a showcase that Sony does that completely knocks your socks off from beginning to end. It's this did. It's happened. It's happened. Sure. But but it's also what led us to the point where Sony's like, yeah, we're not going to be at E3 because we keep showing too much crap. Exactly. We're showing it's awesome and it gets everybody hyped, but then we can't release the game for three years and people are complaining. It's kind of like you said, you can't have your cake and eat it too in this situation. Either Sony's going to be responsible, focus on things that are coming out that are really going to move the system right now, and also show the future and kind of blend those two together. Right. We just fans of these stuff have to start being more realistic. It's what I've been saying this whole time. And the realistic view was this was a killer show. So good. And if you want to be upset because you saw GTA five for three minutes and there was a literal three minute death loop trailer, keep in mind the game comes out in what? Four days. Yeah. Like you, you gotta, you, you gotta, get yourself in check that's insane when i was listening to him and he's like oh this is so disappointing sony dropped the ball i'm like are you fucking kidding me bro first off you're the guy who's been sucking on hassan karaman's dick for six months (laughs) and second off like how are you the playstation guy and you're like this this sucks i don't mean to like call him out because this was a statistic this was a problem for a lot of people that i was watching because i love watching the reaction stuff he was all this so why are they doing this i'm like guys Get yourselves in check. The reason that you're disappointed is because you expected the world and you're not going to get it. You know, there's going to be another showcase. And I think December is what I've heard from reading leaks and stuff. Wait, showcase or? Yes, another. The the leak I read was bigger than this. And the guy who leaked that leaked this and was leaking other stuff. So I believe it. And, you know, that if that one, you know, sure, maybe they won't, you know, they don't have they don't have anything announced for that window, really. So you're not you're going to see Horizon. You're going to see Gran Turismo. You're going to see God of War again. You're going to see Ghostwire. Hell, you're probably going to see the Deathloop DLC if that exists. And we're (laughs) going to whine about it. And it's no when the ending comes out and it's, you know, Last of Us Factions and Last of Us Remake is there and maybe infamous you know all this kind of stuff and then you know you gotta you gotta calm we just we have to calm down this was yeah. an incredible showcase and just because the beginning was a little meh, it was still great no, the beginning like, was i know. think the best part honestly the beginning and the very uh, yeah end. honestly i thought the beginning paced yeah. out the show so well even though yeah you get to that middle where you're kind of like do i need to see this no me right. personally does Look sony out. need to show this hey, yes exactly you're, you're an hour ahead of us right chris Okay, yeah. hey, yeah, we're coming yeah, up. Yeah, let's we gotta yeah, get we gotta going. Get going. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris yeah. gave his big spiel. I was letting him do it. Right. <laughs> All right. So of course, Chris talked about Chia. Chia looks fine to me. Like it looks cute. I may play it. It's not something that actively excites me, but I think it's the right kind of thing to show. Because while we're talking about Sony showing too much stuff that's similar, uh, at least from their first party, balance that by showing a lot of variety in your Well, this is kind of what thing. I was calling for, you know, with them with little little games. This is perfect. Yeah. 
Perfect example. Yeah, I think so too. And it looks like it's trying to capture some of the stuff that they don't have right now, which is like, how can we look at what Breath of the Wild does? How can we look at kid-friendly exploration? How can we do all these things? And that might do that. Now, this one is really interesting. The next one up. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, which is both Naughty Dog and Iron Galaxy, which comes into play for a reason. Um, the PS5 version of this is coming early 2022. And then they're saying after, shortly after, the PC version should be coming out. Now, I think everybody, in, including me initially, as soon as I said this, I thought Nix's. This is where this came from. Just to learn that Iron Galaxy is actually the studio behind the PC port. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't... Now, I'm, I mean, I still think the point of buying Nix's is for PC, uh, but I wonder how long this has been in the works. But my bigger thing that I think is weird here is I think you might be able to get away with just the two games on PS5. I think on PC, the real move would have been doing these two games as well as taking the Bluepoint PS3, uh, PS4 remaster collection that they did and porting that up to PC, putting them all together, and then to, just to be tongue-in-cheek, call it the Master Thief collection. Wow. <laughs> Start. <laughs> but I really do mean this. Why? Okay, look, how do, you, how do you combat Master Chief? On PC, put all of your biggest character, and Nathan Drake is one of their biggest characters, into one collection in a time where it makes sense. Because I got to be honest, this kind of reminds me of like, why would someone who's only been playing Xbox their entire life be excited to jump into Kingdom Hearts 3 on Xbox when they don't know what else is going on? Yeah. It, it feels weird because I, I'll be honest, 4 is a good game, but the majority of what I think makes 4 really good is how it compounds the previous three game stories together into one final outing. I don't know that that game is as big of a one-two punch if you're coming into them with zero context. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I think uh, Lost Legacy works as a standalone game, a lot better than Four does, even though it still is kind of like oh we're looking at old characters. So that'd be my one move. I think it's an odd choice, but it oh is well. an odd choice. Uh, so continuing on from there, the rest of this is all first party. So Quick Fire, Gran Turismo Seven came back around, got shown, looks, looks great like to me. Cars. Yep, looks like looks, looks like it a does simulation look like racing game. <laughs> I will yep. say, very upset because that. Beginning that first ten seconds, oh, I thought it was blood. Yeah, I thought it was Castlevania. I, did, I don't know what they were. <laughs> I thought it was Castlevania. I don't know what they were well. thinking with that music. I get it, but no. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they were thinking. <laughs> like, got them because this is in the this show. Is the show they're willing to. Hey, uh, this is the tease for the Castlevania remake coming from uh, <clears throat> Blue Point. All right, MBG. Uh, so Wolverine. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's coming March fourth. That looks awesome uh, to people who like that kind of thing. Gran Turismo is a huge franchise for them, and I know while it doesn't, you know, some of us who are looking, to, I, I like Gran Turismo. I will definitely be buying this. They're bringing back a lot of features, uh, kind of like picking and choosing all the best features from multiple previous entries, as well as looking at some of Sport because Sport was a very thin Gran Turismo game. It wasn't a fully featured one, um, but people still loved it. So it looks good. Uh, next thing up, Spider Man. Fantastic, 2. yeah, buddy. Boy, Craven and Venom. I know what story they're going with, and if they go 100%, I'm going to poop my pants at the end. Of <laughs> I honestly think that that's going to be the third game, it is the climax of what you're talking about. Um, see, I feel like the this game is Craven with some Venom, right, so I think the end of this yeah. game will be gonna, the ending yeah. of well, I'm talking about Craven's last time, so if you yes. know what happens in the ending of that. I think that's how this game ends, and I would bet that the the teaser is him. You know, I don't want to spoil it, but you know what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, in the suit. Yeah, 
I'm curious how they're going to do with with uh, Venom to begin with. Because I am too. It's, it's, um, it's um, I'm blanking. Not Eddie Brock. Mm-mm. Well, we don't know that. I don't for, think they well, gave. We don't know who it would well, be. It, it, yeah, they actually haven't said who. Yeah, it's going technically, to be. you would think it's going to be. Um, well, you think it's Harry Harry, Harry Osborne? Yeah, I don't know why I can't yeah. think of his name. I can't, I can't want to say Frank Osborne. That is. And I feel like that's probably right. And and as weird as that is, I actually think the right move for their world right now would actually be to lean toward that because they have a lot of interesting ways to go. And Mm kind of like Chris talked about, right, this is based off of comics, but you still want to surprise people. You don't want it like you want to lean into things that people like. So if they can pull from Craven's Last Hunt and kind of yeah. go through that, and then also kind of pull from their own interesting, unique twist on something, I think kind of melding stories together and making them unique to where you feel like there's a sense of familiarity if you're a, if you're a fan of the comics, but then there's also this new mystery that you're liking, you're seeing un, un, unfold. That's the best of both worlds, and I think that's how they yeah. really do this. I don't know if they have the balls to do this, but I hope they do. I hope this mo- this is Craven and Harry Venom, Peter Miles. The end of Harry loses it at the end. Peter gets the Venom suit, and the third game is Miles versus Peter. Bro. That would be cool. What a what a series of events that would be. Because that I mean that's Venom's goal is always to get to Spider Man. Pretty much, it's never like everyone else is just a vessel. Spider Man's the perfect vessel. So I pray to God that the third game is Miles trying to save Peter. It would actually be more effective if it was Peter trying to save Miles. But I don't think. Oh yeah, actually I agree. That would be be really interesting, and that would be a that would be the twist, right? Because oh, you know what. We got we could, this is going to be amazing. I can even call, look. We're pure, pure speculation. Right <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 2023 on this. Uh, yeah. I think here's the thing. I was both really excited to see it and also like, huh? Okay. Depending on when in 2023, this might have been a little too early. Still cool. I don't necessarily hate it. Um, if they kind of follow, it, it feels very in line with the initial Spider-Man reveal where they didn't mm-hmm. show much besides story beats uh, and kind of got you hyped on that. And then they started showing more of the following. So I could see us getting real gameplay on this sometime around August of next year, maybe. Uh, it's, you know we'll what, see. though? It's only a year and a half. You know? yeah, yeah, it's only and exactly uh, the close. first Spider-Man was announced and released within around that 18 month mm-hmm. period. So which is why my theory. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're, you're good. What's your theory? Uh, my theory is that Wolverine is first. See, I was curious as to where you thought on that. I was wondering too, because here's the thing. How many teams does Insomniac internally actually have? I don't has know. it grown at all since they got purchased? I would bet, yeah. I would bet as well. So could it be feasibly possible that even though they just got off of Ratchet and before that they got off of what I imagine was a smaller team handling Miles mm-hmm. Morales since it's reusing assets and uh, to a degree, because um, also there had to have been a team working on Spider-Man Remastered. Was it the same team? Doubtful, but it could have yeah. been. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of curious. Is is tw- I, is is Insomniac's actual way to just start dominating PlayStation to have a yearly release? Because then you would so. have 2019 being, uh, or yeah, 2020, I guess actually being Spider-Man Miles Morales, 21 being Ratchet, 22 being Wolverine, 23 being mm-hmm. um, Spider-Man, and then whatever VR games that you can get through in that, dude. If they can hit that kind of pacing, and so, which I already think Insomniac's the studio Sony needed to buy to get great games out quickly. Yeah. 
I don't know. I could be crazy, but if you just look at the way that Spider-Man was shown, it was 2016 in uh, E3 was the teaser, and it came out in 2018 November. That's a year and a half. You know, I could be crazy because Spider-Man they did they teased Spider-Man and it's two almost two years away. But you know, I think the logic tracks that this at least fits that timeline. Chris, are you familiar with well um, another Wise Wise show? But, oh, but go ahead, Chris. Uh, Chris are, you, are you familiar with Amazing Spider-Man 698? With Doc Ock, you'd have to be. Yes, I know. I think okay. So. That would be. I, there's. Are you talking about Superior? No, Amazing. Okay, then I'm not 100. percent This sure. is the one with Doc Ock and Peter and a, a tube. That's all I'm going to say, really. No, I don't think. Okay, I am. never mind then. Gotcha. Never mind. Well, I want to know what you were thinking. Well, yeah. Th- okay, I'm not. I'm not sure. I know. So that there's. Either. I guess I could just spoil 698 then. Um, yeah. but it's eventually like Doc Ock is his body is laying in a tube and he's dying and he somehow takes over Peter Parker's body and Peter Parker's no, yeah, superior. Superior. That's superior. That's superior. Yes, yeah. that's superior. That's what I thought you were talking about. Hey, yeah, I, know, well, I thought so. it was amazing, but yeah, okay. That, I want to see that in a game. I I would like to, but I don't know if you can pull it off the same way that you can in comics. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think I think that the tension comes from being like, why the f- why the hell is Peter hating on other well, women? Why is he a and being kind of like yeah, dickhead? <laughs> I'm kind of curious yeah. though. Can he? Can Craven's Last Hunt be pulled off well in a video game? It's been a so. while since I've read yeah, it, so. but I can't remember. If, I don't if want you to know where if it's a reveal at what I'm alluding to in that one. It's a reveal. Okay, yeah, that'll be yeah, hard. To, that'll be. It's the end of the saga. That'll be hard to go with, right? Because of voice acting. Yeah. It's well, as much as I acting, don't want to speed through the show, I know, Chris. I'm trying to be mindful of your timeline here, buddy. Three o'clock was like. I have a little bit of to wiggle. To be fair, I'll, I'll, I'll okay. haven't eaten at all today. <laughs> and it is, it is now 2 o'clock. So we'll, we'll, we'll save Spider-Man talk for another time. Okay. Yes. So, look, last thing. Oh, and really, there's one thing that Radiohead game I completely skipped over. I don't know what it is. The so experience. it means nothing to me. Yeah. yeah. So whatever. That didn't mean anything to me. If it meant something to y'all, you can feel free to talk about it. Uh, but the final big reveal for the showcase was God of War Ragnarok being confirmed that Ragnarok is indeed the name. Uh, even though Corey, <laughs> Corey Barlog was being a little coy about that. Uh, different director. No surprise mm-hmm. to me because every God of War game until that has always changed directors. Okay, mainline. Because actually Rue Rosiria from um, Ready at Dawn directed both of the PSP God of War entries. Um, but Corey Barlog helped write them, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. So uh, they've kind of rotated around and had different uh, directors or co-directors at different points in times in the series. So in this case, that's not surprising. But the surprising part, I guess the first thing to say is it looks amazing. It does look mm-hmm. really good, and it looks like it's going to continue a lot of things. But to Chris's point, I feel like I'm seeing cross-gen in action. Right yeah, here. you do. The weight of cross gen. You do because uh, it still looks good, but it looks like it's held back. I mean, it looks so close to God of War. That's the point. That's 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 what I think you see the 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 proof in the pudding there is that while the trailer looks good and like the environments look fantastic, it does not look tons like different in terms of god of war and that could be a testament of how good god of war looked right like that could yeah be, i think it's i think it's a bit yeah, of both but um it made me super excited for it i just the 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 last like 20 seconds of that trailer should have been left out 
I absolutely think so. And here's why. Now you're talking about Agrabota? No, I'm talking about Tyr. Yeah. So I think that, that Tyr should not have been in this trailer because now for those that don't know, Tyr is the Norse God of war. Pretty much. It's not Mm -hmm. his exact title, but it's what he boils down to. He's a God of battle. Yeah. And it's technically what it is. The problem with that is, is that now that they revealed him in a trailer, this is going to be misdirection because I, I know he's not gonna be a major character. And if he is, he's not going to be part of a climax, maybe his own small little climax, but I don't know that I agree. I disagree. I don't think that they would have put him in the trailer if he ended up being a big part of the story. You know why I think he's a big part of character? Because the tier in this game has two hands. Bang, bang, bang. There's story to go. Does tier Um, normally have one hand? Yes. His left hand's gone. So here's the other thing about this, though, too. You have story to go, but there's also clearly they do not follow exact mythology. No. They do what they want to, to a degree, as we clearly see with Atreus and, and all the stuff going well. on. Here. But the, the bigger thing going on here, or, or, you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's kind of okay. I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not bad. Right. This is exactly what they did with like Kratos, right? They follow the lore pretty close, but they aren't afraid to do what they want to make an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. If you know any kind of mythology backing, all your questions are answered for you. That doesn't yep. make for an interesting story. You've got to work within those confines and work around them and say, here's interesting ideas that can inform a new way to present this information and actively surprise players. Just like we were talking about with comic book games being able to, or comic book stories in general, being adapted to movies and all sorts of things. You can find ways to make them interesting uh, while still being true to who the people are and, and what the story in the world and inspiration was. Um, <laughs> But here's the thing. I put on my notes, presumably 2022, because that game originally was announced for 21. (laughs) And this new trailer that shows off the game in a lot of ways has zero date attached to it. It doesn't even say 2022. What does that mean? Well, I will say, I don't think any, unless unless I'm wrong, because I wasn't paying too much attention to GC7. I don't think that had date either. And then they announced it later. So I don't necessarily think that's an indicator. Um, yeah, I don't know that it is or isn't. Uh, I also thought the same thing. I didn't remember seeing a date, but then Herman was like, uh, as you know, we announced it's coming in March. And I was like, did it show March? Yeah, and I, I just like, completely missed that? it. Uh, yeah, but but unlike that, Spider-Man showed it. 2023 like it was the biggest part. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I just I don't know how I feel about that, you know, because we also didn't get a date for Ghostwire. But that's mm-hmm. also not internal studio so maybe they're maybe sony doesn't really get to control that maybe that's yeah. more of their own messaging man i don't know fair. all in all though the show was great was. I, I i had so, zero complaints even the couple little parts that we've seen like seeing death loop again seeing grand theft auto yeah. seeing all these games again i'm like yeah no the, and overall though it's a fantastic show so i have a question for both of you yeah. Because I think that this is really important for not Sony necessarily as much as the studio in the game. I think that this was the hit or miss moment, the real breaking moment for Abandon to either appear and be something or to just potentially fade away into obscurity. How strongly do y'all feel about that? Do you think if Abandon gets, do you think it really needed to pop here to show that it's not just wasting our time? Uh, no, because like to be fair, with conspiracy theories with Bannon, it could be like, especially if it's involving Kojima, he he's thought of things. So if it, if which at this point I'm getting it's, 
I don't know. Maybe this whole radio silence thing they're doing is part of it, but I, I, it's hard to say, but I think that Kojima would have made this a very, even if the game's coming out this year, he would have said, don't put it in the showcase. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. It's not even, I just think that the more you go, the more you run the risk of people being angry. But I think, I, <laughs> but I don't know, because realistically, to your point, right? Even if this goes all the way into the ground and everyone loses all faith for the abandon, re- and then suddenly the reveal, it is revealed that it's yeah, Kojima, reveal, it would all be yeah, washed the away. The hype would be back a hundred times over, and Metal Gear Solid or Silent Hills will sell tens and tens and thousands of millions of dollars because of that. It, it will all be forgotten the second it happens. Just like people this upgrade path thing we talked about about how like it's all mended now technically because of this event like people forgot about it it's just like that people will literally like go nuts i know for me i'm sick of it i at this point i don't care anymore but the second it's metal gear solid is revealed i would be way more excited for i'm (laughs) way more of a metal gear solid fanboy than i am a silent hill fanboy but either or i'm going to just not i'm going to just be go insane Okay, Chris, your thoughts on that? Um, I'm no longer following Blue Box. Don't care. But I yeah, think see, that's what I think happens. So I guess this is my thing to say, Saul. If it's if it turns out that it's not Kojima, this was the this was really the make or break moment for the actual mm-hmm. Blue Box Studio to come out and say we are real. This is what we're working on, even if it was rough. I now I agree with you. If it's Kojima, it doesn't matter. It washes it all away. If it's not Kojima. It's done. People have lost all interest. The thing is, is that the game, even with everything going on, had this thing of where it was in people's mind because it was just so interesting of everything going on around it. It was intriguing and you wanted to follow it because you just, even if you didn't care about any of the games, you just want to know what's going on. But what ends up happening now is that if they, if they keep doing this, this was their moment to come out and say, here's who we really are. And this is why you should care about this game. And then they would have gotten some percentage of people to care. I think for the majority, though, everybody who they had kind of wrapped around their finger has completely slid off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and, and and again, unless it's a Kojima reveal, every bit of this has been wasted. Yeah. Even if they stumbled into this accidental viral marketing and then leaned into it, they could have capitalized. I think they've completely missed their chance to do so yeah. if they are not Kojima. Yeah. I mean, the so, thing is, if the game is good, it's got it, it, it will be will good anyway. It. It's but just getting people to play it. <laughs> I know what I mean. I don't respect the studio anymore at this point because That's for sure. they've they've played a bad game, and then the evidence of their studio is nothing. Yeah, and yep. I think that's just kind of a little buried in the ground. But mm-hmm. guys, this has been a fun episode. It's been episode two twenty eight. For those that watch along and that enjoy, you can find us in quite a lot of places. Uh, you can follow us on or subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Nartech. And of course, we're across almost all podcast services, um, all major ones at least. And if you want to join in for some of the fun, whether it's community's takes or just regular hijinks with conversations, go check out our Discord, which will be in the link uh, of the description below. And our Twitter, which is Triangle SQRD. And of course, our Facebook group, which is Triangle Squared A PlayStation Podcast. Uh, most importantly, if you just want to help support the channel out, even at a dollar a month, you can follow us at patreon.com slash Nartech, where mm-hmm. all those funds, they don't go to our pockets. They don't go to you know games or anything like that. They go to making the show better. Uh, we're recording from home now because Brett had some COVID exposure to him, and I'm one of those that's at risk. So it just the having this camera film, be able to film and everything else has been 
helpful because of Wonderful. that fund there. Um, so yep. you get some cool benefits as well, mm-hmm. uh, like quarterly custom cases that you get to pick out at a $5 tier. Um, and then, you know, just for being a dollar, not only do you support the channel, you get some cool Discord stuff. And um, yeah. So shout out to two in particular. I like to always shout out the ones who come back uh, or who are who newly sub. Uh, so Rude Days 93 and Jason Clendenning both had to cancel subs for whatever reason. Uh, you know, we, of course, see what's going on. And we appreciate any level of patronage we get. But it's even better and so awesome to see you guys come back. Uh, Rude Days re up for $5 a month and Jason for yeah, 7 thank you guys. So thank you guys. Really, really super appreciate it. And I'm glad that uh, you find that value to feel comfortable doing so. So we hope we continue to offer that to you. But of of course, it's time to wrap this show up. Thank both of you guys for joining me. Like Saul said, this has been 228. We will see you guys next week. But Community's Take, of course, if you aren't aware, go hit those things up that Saul said so you can talk to us about how you thought the showcase went and if you agree with Chris that it was great and us that was great. Or if you hate the fact that they have to show stuff off, make sure you <laughs> let us know. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week and, and talk about those things. So lastly, of course, shouting out our patrons over on patreon.com slash Nartech. And those are, of course, Jason Clendenning, Rude Days 93, Kyle Grimm, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green, my name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Sanarud, Funk Turkey, Danny Villalobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popst, Kevin Bacon Bits, Mark Schutz, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Rich, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Rude Days 93, Josh Drago, Bailey Robertson, Brian, Donovan Williams, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Joshua Lago, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, Jehudi MD, Rob Warp Point, Richard Schaefer, and Ham and Egger. Thank you all.